Now, goatee, maybe, beard, beard!
All right. Because if is. there's one thing we're really about, it's telling people to obey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I couldn't really think of a better intro music song, if you will, to the inaugural episode of Beard Talk Live. I don't think there is one. So yeah. I thought I'd roll with one of my favorite bands of, of all time, a band called Psycho Stick. And that is uh, one of their great comedy songs called Obey the Beard. Uh, hmm. They also uh, are famous for a song called The Beer Song, which they kind of did a little riff on in that song when they said, Beards are good and scruff. Their chorus for the beer song is, Beer is good and stuff. Uh, so they did a little riff on that. <laughs> I wondered what that was. Famous thing. So I'm just checking with our producers to make sure that our cameras are doing what they're supposed to be doing. They appear to be so. And so here we are, the inaugural Beard Talk Live. How did we get here? Um, I drove. You drove? Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. That's good. That's good. Uh, I mean, how did we arrive at... Uh, the decision to do Beard Talk Live, and why is it Beard Talk Live? Well, for my for my own uh, part in this, I've been bugging you to do a podcast for a while at this point because we have a lot of conversation that no one gets to hear. Yeah, and also and that's just wasted airtime. And you and I generally mm-hmm. over prep for free talk live mm-hmm. so we'll bring in two three five sometimes a week's worth of stuff that we're like oh maybe we'll talk about this maybe we'll get to this and we find that we often don't get to well hardly any of it right because we have callers and, and all that kind of thing so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happy to be here now free talk live the show has on occasion uh, some special names of things like she talk live right mm-hmm. when it's like aria nikki and bonnie uh, all on and that type of a thing uh, there's uh, Topless Tuesdays, right? So every now and again, there's like a theme, if you will, to... Did we not do that this year? Because it did get hot for a minute. Anyway. Well, I think that we inadvertently, that's the three of us, that's myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass. Nobody. And Beakless Mountaineer. We had an occasion where I think I was filling in for Ian on like a Friday and somebody else wasn't going to be here. And so nobody agreed to do it. And you came in and and it was the three of us. And we were like, hey, is this Beard Talk Live? (laughs) And sure enough, it was. And so out of that, married with, you know, you trying to get us to do another podcast, we decided that, look, we are the three most bearded hosts of Free Talk Live, so why not do an uncensored fucking broadcast? And I just had to throw fucking in there because I haven't cussed once since we yeah, started this. The, mm. the the one intro I was thinking of was uh, George Carlin. Uh, the, the seven words you can't say on that. Oh, that shit, piss, cunt, fuck, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, would be those. Those we are the seven words. Ah, I, liberating, I, ain't it? It just feels so good. <laughs> uh, the tr- Like, I've done freer talk live before. And what happened was <laughs> I got comfortable sitting in these chairs here in this <laughs> studio going shit, piss, fuck, cut, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. And so then the next time I was on Free Talk Live, the radio program, which has to abide by the, the FCC rules, I, I I let out a little shit or something, right? Hmm. Or, or a fucking or something. I got like really. Were you sitting in this chair? That's gross, dude. I, I was in that chair. I when think. you let out a little shit, uh, it might have been fuck. Oh yeah. Hmm. Well, that's that's 
that's less gross. <laughs> but check the chair. See if there's a stain. I mean, could be, you know, something you take the bottom of the chair home for, and later on you're like, this is the shit that Captain Kickass left when he was on Free Talk Live. <laughs> 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 I'm, uh, I'm not shit. that nostalgic or disgusting. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Could be your very own Monica Lewinsky dress. <laughs> <laughs> Something that goes up in the uh, the Liberty Museum at some point. Yep. Yeah. You know. Yes. This is the chair where nobody was, and you're like, wait, if nobody was there, why is this in the museum? <laughs> well, that's just insulting. <laughs> to it's nobody? almost like or nobody should. Next, you're going to tell me that you don't think that nobody should be uh, immortalized in museums. Here's what I know. Mm. We're all talkative people, so I want to make sure that that nobody talks over anybody and anybody talks over nobody. Yeah. Or doesn't talk over nobody, I guess. I don't want anybody <laughs> to talk over nobody, and I don't want nobody to talk over anybody. Yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> Clear as mud, right? Sometimes it happens, but, uh, you know, <laughs> we get over it. <laughs> So, are we prepped for the show? Did we? Ha- I mean, oh, I've uh, I've definitely got plenty of extra show prep. I, I mean, there's always a bunch of things that I never really get a chance to cover. I'm kind of so. I'm kind of top of my mind right now is still education. Uh, from doing free talk live earlier tonight, we were talking a bit about you know education of children, how to get them out of the state mm-hmm. sponsored indoctrination camps, and that mm-hmm. kind of a thing. I. I'm a fan because of as Malcolm X said, only a fool would let his enemy educate his children. Mm. So precise on that one too. Like that one just yeah. it cuts through everything and just like hits you right in the good spot. You're like, Oh, oh crap, yeah, yeah that's right. Well still though, my favorite Malcolm X quote is Nobody can give you freedom. Nobody can give you equality or any of that stuff. If you're a man, you take it. <laughs> fact it's a good point fact yeah the the only freedoms you have are the ones you take that's mm. yeah yeah you you have to exercise them or you don't really have them use it or lose it yeah and that's why in this country we have lost all of our rights uh, is because we went too long with almost no one using them and with those who who weren't using them punishing those who used mm. their rights i beg to differ i think you still have them you just need to exercise them yeah, I mean, it's. I guess it's. It's most appropriate to say we we still have the rights we've always had because those come from nature or God, depending mm. on how you look at them. Right. But people don't respect our rights anymore in America, particularly one organization. Yes, mm. that is the organization that calls themselves government. Yes. Yeah, the monopoly on force. Always the largest criminal gang in any given area. Or as uh, George Carlin is famous for saying, uh, you don't have any rights. All you have is a temporary set of privileges that your owners can take away from you. Mm. I'm paraphrasing that last part. But, but that, I mean, that is essentially true. Mm-hmm. There are, you know, what you have is what you exercise. And to that extent, what you're willing to give your life to continue to have. Mm-hmm. Right. In order to have rights, you must be willing, I think, in my opinion, to die for them if you really want to have them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ab- absolutely. Yeah. And uh, that's that's usually my response when somebody gives me the sterner, you know, light rights or a spook um, line. My response to that is is always, well, 
rights are what you will fight or die to keep. So fuck around and find out. <laughs> um. yeah. yeah, I mean, to, uh, to paraphrase Patton, uh, I don't intend to keep my rights by dying for them. I intend to keep my rights by making that other son of a bitch die trying to take them. Right. Mike Patton or General Patton? General that Patton. Was General oh, okay. Patton. Checking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The, uh, the exact was... quote was, uh, "You don't, you don't win a war by dying for your country. You win wars by making the other poor da- bastard die for his country." Yeah, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh... Yeah. Speaking of dying and killing for your rights, one of the things that I am sincerely curious about with the the next few to say twenty years. So I mean, they're stacking up uh, IRS agents apparently. And they're doing this at the time where the country is more divided than it has ever been in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. So, like, I honestly wonder how that one's going to play out because people give fewer and fewer shits about actually paying their taxes at this point. Yeah. Like, are is this is that what this is a setup for? Well, it's times like this when you have to remember what Heinlein wrote. Mm. Always beware of small of of strong drink. It may lead you to shoot at tax collectors and miss. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, you you brought up uh, education, and to me, the like the the real pincer attack on this mm-hmm. is money and education. So, like on the one hand, take from them the source of their power. And the source of their power is us, and specifically in the fact that we are willing to give our time, our abilities, for their printed nonsense. Now, why are we willing to do that? Well, number one, because they tax us and they'll throw us in jail if we don't have these little pieces of paper. Yeah, I mean, the uh, what backs the dollar in the final analysis is not being murdered by the state. Yeah. I mean, the the two right. things that I have seen that make the dollar valuable, uh, number one is that it makes the IRS not shoot you, mm-hmm. and number two, it's, uh, it's sort of its place in, in uh, global currency is it's the thing that you can always buy oil with. Uh, yeah. And that second part is becoming a lot shakier, which is mm-hmm. nice to see, actually. Yeah, because that's always been enforced by violence. I mean, they killed Saddam Hussein. They killed uh, Muammar Gaddafi, uh, both apparently because they wanted to take something other than dollars for mm-hmm. oil. So that's really an an insidious. Um, the petrodollar is an insidious evil. Oh yeah, well, and it's one of those things that, like, it's it, it is foundational to our civilization, and almost no one knows about it. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean. For the longest time, I had no idea that the petrodollar system, because it would baffle me. I, I would I, I would use reasonable economics and yeah. be like, this can't continue to exist. And then I would watch it continue to exist. Yeah, yeah. The, the struggle that I have, of course, is, uh, you know, through my course of coming to terms with what statism is and sort of, as I like to say, coming out of the fog of statism. And becoming a, a voluntarist, an anarchist, a, you know, wh- whatever term you want to use for me, that's fine. Uh, but just believing that all interactions between humans should be voluntary. Mm-hmm. That's that's my, my stance, whatever you want to call that. Yeah. that that's where I come from. Uh, in, in coming out of the fog of statism, like, 
so many people like economists uh, on you know one side or the other of the political fence, whether it's the left or the right, uh, economists were predicting it's not a matter of if, but a matter of when the dollar will collapse. Right. And mm-hmm. we will see hyperinflation. And, you know, there was all sorts of propaganda about it, uh, you know, in the early YouTube days before it was bought by the big G and when it was awesome. Like there was a whole bunch of like YouTube videos going around about it and like the study of it and where the dollar came from and dollar cost or not dollar cost, uh, uh, fractional reserve banking and, you know, all of that kind of stuff was very easy to find. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody's predicting it, but it hasn't happened yet. So, what the heck's taken so long? Well, and uh, weirdly enough, it was this uh, comedian, uh, uh, Robert Newman was his name, uh, this uh, British comedian, yeah. uh, sort of uh, uh, anarcho-communist type. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he, he did this extraordinary thing that I did not think could be done, but he turned a history lesson into a comedy routine, nice. which is just extraordinary. Yeah, that's, that's great. And... and, and and it just it warmed the cockles of my heart because mm. one of the worst things that has ever been done to us as a civilization is that they took history, which, like, it's a narrative. That's what humans do. Like, that's all mm. humans do ever is we, we exist in narratives yeah. and we operate and we think according to narrative structures. And they took this extraordinary thing and they turned it into a set of names and dates, which we suck at yeah. and mm. hate. And they actually managed to get human beings to hate stories. It's it's mm. mind-bogglingly evil. And so to see someone do that in the opposite direction, yeah. to take like name-date history stuff and turn it into something that is not only a narrative but a comedic one at that yeah. was amazing. But that was where I first like really got exposed to the, the to uh, the the OPEC monopoly, really. Yeah. Because uh, what ended up happening, and lo and behold, actually researching this once you once you know the key piece of information changes everything. Yeah. But yeah, you know, you look into like, oh well, here's where we went off the gold standard. Well, how the fuck did we do that? Like, how did you run a, a monetary system without a backing? Well, the truth is, you didn't. It wasn't an unbacked currency. It's an oil-backed currency. Yeah. Like, the difference is that instead of, like, backing it with a specific amount of oil, because, like, you really can't do that. I mean, it's a it's a consumed good, so the price is going to have to change according to how easy it is to get. I think I disagree. But, but the price of everything changes. Right. So yeah. if you're on the gold standard, the price of gold uh, changes um, as well. The reason that you can't have inflation in a commodity system is because all prices can't go up. Mm. Well, the price of your man, of your uh, of your commodity is going down. Right. 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 Yeah. No. Well, and I, I want to just disagree a little bit. You said that the the U.S. dollar is an oil-backed currency. Mm-hmm. I beg to differ. It is a military-backed currency. Well, uh, the primary, tomato, really. The primary mm-hmm. reason that you know the United States wants the USD to be the oil-based currency is because if it isn't, it will collapse. Is my understanding of the situation, uh, although 
you know, I don't really know that, right? Does the United States have thoughts? Do you, you know, uh, the politicians who most people recognize as in control or ruling over us, or I like to call them the the tits, the tyrants in, in tyrannic, or no, wait, I had another acronym there, but whatever. <laughs> just wash your lips you? and you can't do a thing with them? Uh, yeah, that's pretty much what happened. <laughs> It's, it's being in my presence just removes acronyms. It's it's just a thing. So anyway, the tyrants, you're right for using them anyway. The tyrants in charge, uh, you know, sort of demand it. And the ticks. What happens? Poly ticks. Uh, poly as in many <laughs> ticks as in bloodsuckers. Yeah, which ticks. tyrant in charge? Yeah. Uh, so they're the ones who want the dollar to be the. Agreed upon unit of exchange amongst oil producing and oil bartering, or you know, uh, what's the other exporting? Word? Exporting, thank mm-hmm. you. Countries, so they want it there so that it remains sort of the de facto top of the world currency, mm-hmm. which makes life very nice for them because they can make more of it anytime they want. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and it makes things terrible for us because. Uh, in order to hold on to the uh, the world reserve currency status, you have to completely destroy your manufacturing base. You you have to create a consumer culture. Why? In the, Why do well, you have to? Because like, if you're not cre- if you don't create a consumer culture, then the demand for dollars will be too high. So if you have a civilization like okay, so you're running the U.S. And if you don't have them spending enough money, Mm -hmm. then the rest of the world needs those dollars. They need them bad. And these people aren't giving them those dollars. So the rest of the world doesn't have what it needs in order to trade. Mm -hmm. So, like, no matter how much you're printing money, if you don't have a consumer culture, then you have people who are just saving that money and packing it away for a rainy day instead of spending it on all of the world's goods, uh, then the rest of the world has so much desire for that currency because, like, it's the only way to get energy. Yeah. And eventually they go, okay, well, this isn't working. Like, we can't we can't run the world on this thing that we just can't even get enough of to run the thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, there might and be... then they're going to switch to a different currency. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, there might be some listeners who, you know, normally listen to Free Talk Live... Uh, that I want to remind of this little fact that I was reminded of myself this week, and that is with regard to the federal income tax. And that is that whatever your federal income tax is at the end of the year, if you file your taxes and all that kind of crap, uh, whatever that number is that you end up paying, it doesn't actually do anything. All it, it doesn't even like touch the interest on the national debt. Nope. Like all of the federal income tax collected from every employee in the United States isn't even enough to pay the interest on the national debt, much less right. pay off the national debt itself. Right. Ergo there's no reason to have income tax is yeah. what I'm getting at. Also, uh, it, it puts the lie to a very common strategy in especially the conservative side, but uh, in libertarianism in general of the, like, starve the beast. Well, if we just don't give them our tax money, they won't be able to run the government. Mm, well, sure will. if this was any other fucking country, that might work. Yep. But I'm sorry, you're in the heart of the evil empire. You're not in one of the colonies where that kind of shit will work. No, you're here where they will print it and where all of government functions are done by printing the dollars and uh, 
what they tax is everyone who holds dollars. That's where the real tax is. Now, what we call taxes, that is a complicated structure to reward and punish people for their personal decisions. Yeah, it is. Yeah, taxes are the punishment you get <laughs> for you know being a quote unquote citizen of the United States. Unquote. Mm-hmm. And you, and get- it's also how they keep you afraid yes. because yeah. the tax code is so complex that there isn't anybody who can actually, with any confidence, say they did what they were supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah, like we were pointing out during the uh, Free Talk Live show, no one can know the law. And that is doubly true for the tax law. 40,000 new laws a year. So many laws on the books Mm -hmm. that nobody can count them on. I don't mean you. Not me, the other one. (laughs) But even if you did try, you wouldn't be able to. People have tried. Like, I've looked this up. I've looked into it. People have tried. The the last time they tried, they got into it, like, I don't know, several years, three, four, five years, something along those lines, and, like, the guy died. <laughs> like Wow. And, like, hadn't even, like, touched Was the tip he, of the like, iceberg. Was he, old, or did he die of having consumed? Did it give him cancer? I, <laughs> he was just no longer interested. <laughs> okay. I mean, if you were trying to find all of the laws... And you, you know, that was your your end mission. Your goal was to find all of them, and you realized that you weren't going to be able to do that ever. Mm-hmm. Like you would probably quit too, right? Yeah. I would probably quit. I don't think I'd die. Mm-hmm. Now I will say, perhaps fun- he had something on Hillary Clinton. That could be a lot of people. You know, <laughs> you never know when there's going to be another Vince Foster. Yep. Uh, knows so much about Clinton that she ha- that he has to commit suicide by shooting himself twice in the back of the head. Yep. Now, here's some shit that I won't say on the radio. Okay. So, while you cannot actually know the tax code, you can know enough of it to realize that it's bullshit. So, <laughs> legally speaking, and I'm not a lawyer or anything like that, but, you know, I do try and figure out what, game, what, uh, what the rules they pretend to play by are. Yeah. And uh, from my understanding, my untrained understanding of this, uh, when a, uh, a law or a statute defines a term in itself, you have to use that definition over any other definition. Yeah. So now it, it's absolutely fucking wacky that they did this, but in the tax code, so they have a, a definition of United States and a definition of state that if you actually follow them down... It only applies to the District of Columbia. Right. Right. So hmm. the entire tax code only applies to D.C. And and there have been people who have pointed this out over the course of, well, my life at least, mm-hmm. uh, and probably before, uh, who have written books or otherwise done lectures or uh, even fought it themselves uh, using this as evidence. In fact, there was a... Uh, Maybe in the early 90s or late 80s, there was a a film, I'm trying to remember what it's called, uh, America, Freedom to Fascism. Mm-hmm. Oh, was, yeah. Uh, Aaron uh, Russo. Yeah. Aaron Russo, yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and there was another series that he did uh, before that that was similar in content, but they talked about those things, and they talked about, you know, hey, sh- somebody show me where... It says I have to pay the income tax. Right. And to this day, nobody can point to, oh, it's subsection C of document 40 or whatever it is. It just doesn't exist. There's nothing that says. Where's the law? 
There's nothing that where, says you have to pay the income tax. Where, where, where does this apply to me? Yeah. And it doesn't. No. So, I mean, one of two things is obviously true. Either there is a secret rule that they won't let you know about that they are following, or they just don't fucking follow the rules. Because, no. like, there, there's this whole subsect, especially on the, uh, I mean, especially on the conservative side, but in the, like, deep, you know, liberty community, the, like, red-pilled researching community, there's this whole sect of them, like, the the whole, like, uh, the, they get called the sovereign citizens. Yeah, yeah. And, mm-hmm. like, there's this whole, like, oh, well, if I just know the law enough... Like the, the the myth of this is a rules-based system, I just need to know the right couple of rules, yeah. and then they will have to abide by them, and then they will have to not treat me like I'm some kind of scummy little servant. Mm-hmm. And no, you're a fucking slave. Like, there's something to that, and that is to say, like, these people who, like, I don't know, drive around without license plates on their cars, and then they carry, you know, whatever copies of the laws that they've researched that they want to cite that says, oh, you know, blah, 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 and I'm free to travel. Like, to some extent, that will work for them until the right bureaucrat confronts them, and then it won't work anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I've, I've seen it happen. Now, I applaud these people for their tenacity right mm-hmm. in researching these laws and and going through and and finding you know we'll call them loopholes or you know cracks within the rule structure that says oh if i do this and if i carry this right paper and if i fill out this form and all that, and like my opinion on all that hasn't changed while i applaud their research and their ability to you know recite law you know be an expert in the areas that they've researched um a free man is a free man and the right amount of paperwork does not make him free. Right. He is free mm-hmm. without any paperwork whatsoever and, in fact, should be free to have no paperwork. Well, and that was one of the funny things that I found is, like, if you follow that course long enough, you start discovering that, oh, well, in order to effectively do this long term, you end up having to separate yourself more and more from their corporate uh, legal system. Okay, well, how about instead of, like, learning, oh, I learned all about maritime admiralty law and da-da-da-da-da, and the result being that you found a way to be not employed by a corporation so that you can have these, you know, supposed legal rights. Yeah. Or you could skip all that shit, just go straight to not being employed by a corporation. Right. Which, I mean, is obviously way easier said than done. Well, and and this is why I haven't, you know, thoroughly researched, like, uh, all of the things that, uh, you know, the sovereign citizens uh, or people who claim, you know, that that's what they are, I uh, have done. Because it shouldn't be that complex. It should be easy enough for the regular dude to figure out, right? Mm-hmm. And to me, that's the non-aggression principle. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, uh, never cruel and never cowardly, and if you ever are, always make amends, right? It's it's the simple stuff. The golden rule, people, like, it's all the same stuff. Mm-hmm. It's don't hurt people and don't take their stuff. Yeah. That's, That's mm-hmm. the only way to have a functional system of laws and rights and responsibilities. Yeah. You and, have to have it mm-hmm. so dead simple that everyone knows it already. And in fact... Because uh, consider how stupid the average person is. And then consider that a full half of them are stupider than that. Yes, right. <laughs> and then, and then you got to consider where do you fall in that in that scale. Well, mm. and since you mentioned it, like one of the most extraordinary lessons I've ever learned is just 
a certain amount of completely inescapable stupidity among humankind. So I, I went to this uh, Mensa gathering, right? Yes. And uh, uh, for anyone listening who doesn't know what the hell that is, uh, Mensa is a high IQ uh, club. Yeah. So uh, every now, so they've got like little state gatherings, and then they've got the big national gathering. So I, I uh, went down to hundred degree by Albuquerque the way, to. By to, the way, people who are part of that group are very, very proud to like they, they will tell you, like, oh, I'm in Mensa, right? And all very, you know, not all of them, but there's a few. Mm-hmm. Anyway, go ahead. Well, you know, it, it is a flex because like you have to prove that you have an IQ of uh, 130 plus to to join. And, you know, IQ is really hard to measure over 130 anyway. And I can people just, who can design those tests have better shit to do. I can just so. hear the left clamoring for like a women's. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> we have renamed Mensa to Menses. Is, is there also going to be like transa, <laughs> non-binary uh, Yeah. But yeah, yeah I, mean, I was wondering if women's would be taken over by, <laughs> by trans girls. <laughs> But yeah, so like I, I go to this thing where I know for a fact that like within within a, a, an error, a rounding error, yeah. everyone here is hyper intelligent sure. and or I got at least to, has the ability to be hyper. Right. And it's yeah. like, oh, and this is the amount of stupidity that still happens. Right. Right. And it's a lot. Right. Like I work in technology and I've worked in technology for like my day job, if you will, for uh, 20 ish years 25 years something 30 maybe i don't i have i've stopped counting and i have been surrounded by people who are far more intelligent than me mm-hmm. when it comes to this technology stuff when it comes to remembering the minute details of exactly where to go and what to do and what to click and like how to put this together and how to you know all this kind of stuff and yet like when i have had an opportunity to talk about my, we'll call it anti-political stance, right? Because mm-hmm. I don't believe there should be a, a government system. I don't think politicians should right. even be a thing. Yeah, the idea that there's this carve-out from morality that we call politics is absurd. Mm-hmm. When I've had the chance to you know, talk about this with some of these obviously intelligent people, people way smarter than I am when it comes to book smarts and you know, technology and computer code and you know, all that kind of stuff, I'm still met with, but without government, how would we have roads? My favorite answer to that is Tom Woods saying, a road is flat asphalt on the ground. Do you really think that that the store would be over there and, and the house would be here and we'd all stand around just scratching our heads going, what do we do? The, the, iron, <laughs> the irony for me is that these are people who work on the internet with the internet every day right. one of the most one of the greatest networks that passes they even call it traffic <laughs> right. back and forth between devices they pass phone calls they pass information they pass video conferences all over this network but if we didn't have a global government putting us in jail for doing otherwise, how would we ever know which protocol to use? Hmm. How do we know when to use HTTP and when to use HTTPS? Tell me that, Mr. Smart Guy. Yeah. So hmm. I, I often, you know, people are like, well, how would roads get paid for? And it's like, well, okay, there's already some free market solutions that exist. Or things that would work very well in the free market that aren't currently free market. Mm-hmm. Tollways, for example. Oh, you want to use this road? 
it's going to be a buck. Mm-hmm. I don't know, 50 cents or two bucks or whatever, right? You're going to use this road all the time? Bypass, put it in your car. Like, I mean, these would work very I've well in the free market. I always thought that was bullshit because I, I dig into this and I always find out that these roads were built with taxpayer money. Well, they were. And then sold to someone. And it's like, what the fuck? Come on, guys. Well, uh, or or they were built with taxpayer money, they're maintained with taxpayer money, and then they just charge you the toll on top of it to further tax you. Yeah. Mm. Right? But what I'm saying is, in the absence of government, right? like, tolling of a road might be a solution. Yeah. It might be a solution in a few places and other solutions in other places. And, in fact, that's probably the most likely uh, scenario is that there will be many different solutions. Uh, I always like to mention... Much like you have an ISP, an internet service provider, mm-hmm. and this is how you get on the internet, like you personally get on the internet. Uh, so you'd have a TSP, uh, an, a transportation uh, service or, provider. Or an RSP, a road services provider, right? It's right. the same thing, right? It's just, And it's even easier to do than getting on and off the internet because, well, it's a flat thing. <laughs> on the mm-hmm. earth right it's a physical tangible flat thing nowhere near as complicated as passing like video conference calls of like a hundred people having a meeting you know like they did during covid right so if humankind can figure out how to put a hundred people on a video conference call from all around the earth i'm pretty sure people can figure out how to get people to navigate on a flat asphalt thing right. From point A to point B. I'm just saying I'm pretty sure that that can be figured out. Oh, well, people aren't going to want to pay for it. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? If you go and get a house right now, do you you know going in what all of the taxes are? What all the fees are going to be? What this fee or that fee? No, you don't know what the fees are. Are you going to pay them any less? No. At best, you will know what the previous owner's taxes were for the previous year of their ownership. At best. Sometimes not even that. Right. But I mean, this is standard stuff where like, oh, well, I didn't know there was a blah fee. There's a blah fee. Are you going to like, are you going to cancel the whole deal because of the blah fee? Right. Probably not. You know, whether it's, you know, your mortgage or your cell phone provider or whatever, you're probably going to go ahead and just pay the blah fee. Mm. Right. So that's going to be roads. You mentioned, you mentioned mortgage and this is sort of a a vernacular pet peeve of mine. Uh, I don't like when people say, I'm a homeowner, right? Mm. When when they're not, they didn't buy the no, home. you're not. You're, you're buying the home. And Well, is there such a thing as a homeowner, honestly? Well, uh, if well, you're... He's still paying taxes afterwards, so the best so, you can do is rent it from the state. Right. Exactly. So the real owners, going back to Carlin now, are the people in charge, if you will, of what? Of taxation, because whether or not... You feel it when you're filling out your 1040 or 1040EZ or whatever your tax forms are that you have to fill out. If you're a contractor, your 1099s come in. You know, you got to do If you're going to like H&R Blockhead or you're using TurboTax, TurboTax, that's my favorite one. It's like, we can tax you faster now. (laughs) Right. Right. Like, oh, great. Just what they need. Faster taxation, you know. Uh, One thing that scares me, though, about taxation is that we're at a point where technology is and has been being adopted by government uh, at such a rate that they're beginning to catch up to that sort of lag behind that government normally has, right? So we've enjoyed this period of time 
where technology has been ahead of government. There's an old meme that that I like to bring up, and it's it's a picture of the government, and the government is like a horse and a carriage, like Little House in the Prairie Style with a white top or whatever, and there's a jet plane with like a rope tied to it that's connected to government because government moves so slow, and the jet plane is technology that's moving so fast that government mm-hmm. can't keep up with it. Well, government has been adopting technology as software developers, you know, grow. And uh, a lot of these software companies now find out that, oh, I can start a software company based entirely on one client, and that's government. Mm -hmm. And there are so many of these now. It's fucking scary. It is fucking scary how many software companies have one client and it's government. Yeah. I, yeah, it I, is. I, it's frightening. And they do everything, right? They do security software. They do uh, taxation stuff. It, it, <laughs> it's not lost on me that the government says, uh, well, at the end of every year, you, you have to pay tax. And you go, well, okay, how much? Well, we know, but we're not going to tell you. You have to figure it out yourself. Mm. And, okay, well, let's say I do that and I get it wrong. What happens? Oh, we're going to toss you in a cage. And mm. if you and if you object to that or, you know, uh, sort of, you know, try and resist that, oh, we're going to shoot you. Mm. You know what it reminds me of? Um, I had a buddy uh, years back who is the only person I've ever seen successfully train a cat. And he had this, like, giant, like, Maine Coon cat. And those things are half wild anyway. But he was amazing at training it. And one of the most striking things, because, like, I talked to him about it, and one of the most striking things is, like, he's like, okay, well, what you have to do if you want to, if you want to prove your dominance, because that's what you have to do if you're going to train an animal, is they have to see you as above them. Like, they have to have an established hierarchy where they are below you. Right. And his way of doing that is he he would make the cat, uh, so he would, like, put the food in the bowl. Yeah. But he wouldn't let the cat have the food if the cat went directly to the food. Like, he'd just go in, scoop up the bowl. It's like, okay, let's try this again. Yeah. Because he's, he's, you know, because with all training, you have to do like a little bit at a time. Yeah. So like you get them to go a little bit toward the behavior that you want and then you reward them. Right. Then the next time they have to go a little bit further to get the reward. And so what he trained the cat to do was that when it was time to eat, he would put the food in the bowl and then he would go across to the other side of the room. And what the cat had to do was he had to come over to him first and then get petted, and then it could go eat. Okay. And that is the same kind of shit that they do with the taxes. So, like, it's not enough for you to give me your time, your energy, your life force. That's not enough. Right. It's not enough that you've changed the way you live your life to... Uh, accord to these arbitrary distinctions that I've made where you get uh, this much back for this. Right. Not enough. No, 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 no. You have to do the paperwork for free. Uh, I like to call it I like to call it the monkey dance. And then you have to worry that you did it wrong. Right. And and that's what I call the monkey dance, right? Filling out the paperwork, collecting all these little receipts and shit if you want to, you know, write some shit off or, you know, getting forms from your company who lent you money to be buying your house, not not that you're owning, you're buying. Mm-hmm. You're most people don't own anything even like 
I mean, they don't have it paid off, right? Mm-hmm. Most people do not have their home paid off, and now right. all they pay is taxes. Right. That rarely occurs. Almost no one. Uh, so you're buying your home. But anyway, uh, you do the monkey dance. They make you do this unnecessary, wholly unnecessary dance. They can calculate exactly how much you owe automatically. Right, software allows for this to happen. Oh, you own a house. Oh, you had this happen. Oh, you bought these things. Right, all of that can be automated. And guess what? They could just adjust the amount that they take out of your check anyway. They mm-hmm. don't do any of that though, because it's not about that. Right, it's about controlling you. Right, it's about making you jump through the hoops, and they can look down on you and laugh at you and go, ha 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 ha! Look at the little fucking monkey dance. Fear and submission. Daddy likey. Yeah. yeah, no, that's the whole thing. Like, you have to, it is fear and it is submission. So you, you show your submission by either paying someone else to do this for you right. or giving them the free labor. So either way, however much they're stealing from you, you give them this extra cherry on top by making sure that you take care of the paperwork. And then the fear is that they might not like it anyway. And just like they don't follow their own rules, who knows if they're even if you did it perfectly according to their rules, you might still uh, find an auditor questioning you anyway. Yeah, and you are literally filling out those forms uh, under duress. Yeah, w- whether you believe it or not, there's some people who are like, uh, "Oh, it's time for me to do my duty as a citizen. I'm going to fill out this paperwork now and pay my taxes," and they feel all good about it, but. Uh, guess what? If you don't fill out that paperwork and and do that quote unquote duty, mm-hmm. <laughs> I use that term. He said duty. I did right. It is some duty you're doing. It is some duty. But like, if you don't do that, guess what? Oh, they're oh they're not going to come and send. Yes, they are. Uh, if you uh, don't do that, they're going to send you a letter, a sternly worded letter. They might send you several sternly worded letters, threatening to do things like garnish your wages or take your house or you know these types of things. And then if you continue to ignore them, they will send armed men to you. And if you refuse to go with the armed men, they will shoot you. Yeah, it's it's amazing how hard people work to avoid seeing the truth. That conclusion is so easy to come to by yeah. by answering a couple of yes or no questions and walking yourself logically through the process. But like the indoctrination is so thick. Oh my God! The 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 I, I call it the the defensive shields of annoyance because when you're talking <laughs> to a regular person, instead of answering the question, right, they go but 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 and then like try and go off on a different tangent. But mm-hmm. but but. You know, and go off on another subject or about, well, without the government, they, no, look, answer the fucking question, right. right? This is a yes or no quiz. Follow the logic. That's how logic works. You answer a series of yes or no questions to arrive at a conclusion. Right. But they don't get that for whatever reason. Well, they're highly motivated not to, but it still amazes me, like, how good they are at it. We're like, okay, we all know that if I just, like, said you need to give me 40 bucks right now, yeah. or else I will shoot you. Everyone knows that's not okay. Right. That's extortion. Right. To a little bit lesser of an extent, if I go up and say, you need to give me 80 bucks, or I'm going to kidnap you to my basement. To uh, maybe a little, like that, maybe that's a little bit less obvious, but yeah. we all know that's that's not okay. Yeah. 
But if you just put this little glaze on top of pretending that's not what's happening, right. well, if I space out the demanding money and the punishment and I throw a couple of pieces of paper in there, right. as long as there's a couple of pieces of paper in between those two, we can ignore that they're connected. And it's mm. like, but you don't do this anywhere else. I mean, like, you know, the in the mafia movie. Yeah. Like, they don't have to say... If you do not pay me $500, I will burn down your shop. <laughs> no, like, it, it's perfectly obvious when they go, hmm, be a shame if something happened. Yeah. And, and and the mafia doesn't bother with the paperwork either. Right. Right? They're, they're not like, uh, if you don't pay us the protection money, we will send you several stern letters. <laughs> and then if you still don't pay us, we'll send some people, some armed men, over to try and collect the money from you. And then if you still refuse to pay us, then we'll shoot you. Well, they don't bother with the paperwork part. Well, that's because the mafia isn't trying to masquerade as a charity. It's true. Whereas mm. the government is very much trying to masquerade as so a charity. So many people believe that government is a charity and that they're doing good mm-hmm. by being a, by being an obedient, tax-paying citizen. Yeah. They think they're doing good. Well, who would help the people? Well, you're already not helping the people. Right. Like, if if you're listening to this show right now and you do not... I don't know, volunteer in your community, you don't give to charity in any way, shape, or form, whether it's your time or your money or, you know, some other, you don't, you know, uh, donate some canned goods to your food shelter. I don't know. If if you're not doing any charity at all, paying your taxes does not make you a charitable person. Right. Mm. Period. Like, I can't stress this enough. I, I'm so frustrated by, I don't want to call them nor. I, they are normies to me, but like, I don't want to call them that because I was one too. And I don't want to be like, you know, now I'm an insider, they're an outsider, or I'm an outsider, they're an insider. I don't like, I don't like that division of people. I want more people. I like NPC. <laughs> but they're, they're people, like I have plenty of, I'm going to call them friends who are statists. They literally are. They're like, well, okay. And and they hear me talk about this kind of stuff from time to time. They'll tune into the show or they've heard me before I moved to New Hampshire and I was still spouting all this same shit. Um, and they're like, dude, you make a lot of sense, man. Like the overwhelming response that I've gotten from these people is, you know what, dude, you should throw your hat in the ring and run for president. Oh, my God. And I'm right? like, you are missing the <laughs> fucking point. Oh, How my about, fucking I'm not God. a fucking Nobody psychopath. <laughs> that's what psychopaths do and guess what they're the only ones that ever succeed at it yeah. like human beings with morals and feelings do not become president ever it does mm. not happen right. it is impossible because they realize what they're doing right you know uh well and because all of these fucking psychopaths will do shit that you won't do he said do shit mm-hmm. <laughs> I did. Sorry, I had to throw Ooh. some levity in there. I did. A little bit of levity chucking chucking over the fence here. Yeah, I mean, they are willing to do things that you are not willing to do to get this job. Totally. Like, right. they want the power. They want to be able to be criminal without having to be treated like a criminal. Yeah, it's the uh, it's the old cartoon, you know, evil guy, right? He, he wants to be able to tell other people to do his bidding and have them do it. And, and that's how government works. Right, it is the armed gang of thugs you're afraid would take over if government di- didn't exist. Yeah, that's the truth. It literally is. Like, uh, even the mafia is more straight up. Like, 
if the mafia, if I had like a shop or something and some version of mafia came to my shop and was like, hey, you know, it's a pretty rough neighborhood. Be a shame if something happened. Uh, perhaps uh, you should be paying us for protection. And if I said, so you're agreeing to provide me protection services in exchange for some money? And they go, yes, I would believe them. Right. <laughs> far more, far easier than I would the government. And they are far better at actually protecting their people. Yeah, and they might actually provide you some real protection. Yeah, like... And they don't follow you around telling you what to do afterwards. Right. Yeah, there is that. I mean, like... It, and if, if you smoke weed, instead of putting you in prison, they'll sell it to you. That's mm-hmm. true. That's true. Well, and they are not so insecure that they can't allow you to have a firearm because that's what they have. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. they'll sell it to you. Might be a markup, but they'll sell it to you. And that's the thing where, like, what governments actually do to these people that they're supposed to be protecting is, mm, I don't know, fucking murder them. Yeah. Democide. It's a thing. What's that, nobody? What's hmm? that? 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 I said, I hate it when that happens. Right? (laughs) Whereas, I can't think of a single time when, like, a, a mafia has just, yeah, for no particularly good reason, decided to kill a bunch of people that were paying them protection money. Yeah. Mm. Which, of course, we know time and time again, you know, the government itself has ruled, oh, there's no duty. No duty to protect you. Yeah. We have no, well, oh, we didn't know, I'm sorry, when when there was a a shooter shooting up innocent children inside of a school where uh, it's a gun-free zone, and Mm. men with guns show up to do what? To prevent the parents from rushing in and saving their children. Right. The sound of ch- of children screaming has been removed. Yeah, that was such a a poignant yeah. meme, if yeah. you will. Uh, like, a meme so harsh that the sound of screaming children had to be removed from the meme. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I don't know what it's going to take. And... To that extent, maybe you guys can help me. Like, I know that people who come to the ideas of freedom, liberty, anarchism, voluntarism, whatever you want to call this, um, many of them, I, I've, I've seemed to believe that we're early adopters. Mm-hmm. Like, we're, we're part of a human evolution that is happening. Yes. And we just happen to have adopted 1.0 of the evolution we're mm-hmm. for whatever reason you know, nature was like oh, i'm gonna pick these guys hmm. we all happen to be a little bit broken in ways you know i know that i am i know the ways in which i'm broken i know the things that have you know happened to me uh and the bullshit that i've had to endure uh in my life to just remain alive much less be able to speak into a microphone and hang out with you guys right uh and in the we'll call it the greater freedom movement around the world to the extent that I've been able to observe it, most of the people who I would say are also early adopters are also broken people. Now, that leads me to one of two conclusions. A, broken people are able to see the bigger picture in a different way than non-broken people. Or B, there's way more broken people on planet Earth than anybody has surmised before. Yeah, I'd go with B. Like... Well, have you like have you ever like really really gotten to deeply know someone and found out they weren't broken? Yeah. 
Well, there's there's also the third possibility, which is that it's understanding it that breaks people. Mm. You know, oh. that, that people just you know when they when they come come to understand what's really going on, they kind of freak out. Mm. Which I, I did in a lot of ways. I did too. I remember watching. Um, Oh, I can't remember. Uh, loose change, maybe. Mm-hmm. I was I was at work. I was working for a. I was working at a large software company out on the West Coast. Uh, not for, but at. Mm-hmm. So I was employed by some other company, but I was you know working there, and uh, had some downtime. You know, like well, no supervisors around. I guess I'll surf the internet. You know, and there's a somebody uploaded the movie to. I'm pretty sure it was YouTube. Well, I'm shocked and appalled at that behavior. Certainly no one else has ever done that. And so I just sat there with, like, my headphones on just watching this thing. And the whole time I'm watching it, I'm, like, looking over my shoulder. <laughs> like, like, oh, my God, is this is this, this is accurate? Holy f-. Like, I'm having epiphany after epiphany after epiphany watching this thing. Uh, you know, it wasn't... It wasn't that I didn't have any of these ideas before watching it. It's, I, I did have them, but like for whatever reason, sitting that day in that desk watching that movie while I'm getting paid was had me super <laughs> paranoid that like because I'm watching this and I'm at this software company, like you know, feds are going to come in and haul me away, and nobody's ever going to see or hear from me again. Like that's mm. the feeling that I had. I I honestly felt that that's what was going to happen because I'm watching this bootleg movie. You know what I mean? And it's all about like the horrors. Of of the state and all that kind of thing, pointing out you know, all of the logical fallacies that exist within statism itself. And I just, I had this, and I couldn't kick that feeling for like several weeks. Mm-hmm. But yet I didn't stop my learning, right? That that actually was like sort of a, a turning point, if you will, in my mm-hmm. uh, lifting the fog of statism was I just remember that day very vividly watching that film and like, Constantly looking over both of my shoulders, waiting for somebody to come and get me or fire me and then arrest me or whatever it was. But none of that happened, thankfully. Yeah. You mentioned America, freedom to fascism. Yes. uh, Earlier. And the first time I watched that that movie, I was in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I was just sitting in my apartment. I just got out of the shower and I didn't have any clothes on. Um, And a few minutes after the movie ends, like I go to this... uh, this site and sign up to say I'm interested in hearing about their protests and whatever they do. Mm-hmm. And, and a little while later I start hearing a, uh, uh, a helicopter over, over my house. <laughs> and I live in Ann Arbor, Michigan, which is home of the university of Michigan where they have, uh, among other things, a very busy hospital. Um, so it wasn't Sorry, that bad. unusual, but Yeehaw. but nonetheless, I went into the bathroom into the bedroom and I put on a pair of sweatpants just because if they were going to kick my door down, I wanted to have some pants on when they did it. Right. <laughs> well, and I mean, yeah. As far as the idea of like, well, maybe it breaks you to find out the truth. I mean, there's there's definitely this where like it is an intense experience to rebuild your reality. Yeah. It is a, a, an expensive process in terms of like time and energy yeah. and a dangerous process. Cause if you do this wrong, a, it could literally drive you insane mm. and B, it could literally kill you. Like mm. if you build your, your 
model of reality incorrectly, you die. Mm-hmm. And if you're in a situation where you are rebuilding it, that is terrifying. So most people work really, 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 really hard so that they never have to rebuild their reality. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, some of us didn't really get a choice. Like our worldview got broken down and we had to do something. Yeah, I was a flag waving constitution thumper. Well, and, back in the day. And when I think back on it, too, like people are like, so, so what were you before you were a voluntarist anarchist or whatever? And I'm like, I, I grew up in a bunch of different families, right? So uh, I was adopted. I had foster parents. I was a, an orphan for a while. Like I grew up in a whole bunch of different families. And every one of them, with maybe one exception, were all religious of some sort. Mm-hmm. And so most of them then, you know, 99% of them, if you will, uh, would always like point to the Bible mm-hmm. to like, oh, well, what does it say in the Bible about? Oh, this verse from John chapter 78, verse 24 and a half or whatever says this, right? So if they were looking to solve a, a an emotional or spiritual problem, they would, uh, well, let's look in the Bible, right? And so I, I sort of uh, agnostic, I guess, was the best thing to call. I claim to be atheist. For a while, and I kind of go back and forth with that, or non-theist, I really like that term. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, let's just say agnostic for the terms of this uh, particular story. Um, When it came to, like, law and, you know, government and stuff like that, I would do that same cliche. But, well, instead of pointing to the Bible, I would say, well, what does it say in the Constitution? Mm. Oh, well, the Constitu- and so I treated the Constitution as if it were the Bible right. of government, which is ironic because later on I would discover that government really is a religion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, and very much that that is – so that's the grift, right? Yeah. Where, like, just like you have oh so many especially organized religions because, like, I'm a big fan of spirituality. I'm even a big fan of religion. Organized religions, like the structured hierarchy of telling you what to do, not a fan. Yeah. So, and those those grifters, as they tend to be, will they will say, this is what governs our activity. Mm-hmm. This is what I live my life by. And then you watch them, and they fucking don't, do they? Mm-hmm. No. Uh, I want to go back to something. We were talking about uh, Aaron Russo and America Freedom to Fascism. That's a mm-hmm. film that he put out. He also did a TV show in like 1996 hmm. called Mad as Hell. And it was the same sort of stuff mm-hmm. that he did in the movie, but it was just now it's a, a TV series and that kind of thing. I want you to go to the window. And throw it open <laughs> and shout at the top of your lungs, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm, I'm not, not going to take, take it, it anymore. Right. People need to be doing that. Why aren't people yes. doing that every day? So he featured uh, an actor that you guys, nobody, you might know this guy, but uh, he was, like, I didn't know who he was when I saw this, and this was 96 when I first saw this. But I want to play for you guys uh, this bit, and I'll do our listeners... A favor and try to put it uh, where's the picture in picture let's see if this works it does all right so I'm just gonna play this little bit here that was featured in mad as hell I'm here to talk to you about the problem of slavery technicalities please stand by <laughs> quick somebody panic. I'm gonna, I'm gonna figure <laughs> out, 
figure out what I'm doing here. What did I do wrong? Uh, we did, we have picture in picture, so let's just meet some mics. I'm here to talk to you about the problem of slavery. It didn't end in the 1860s. It's a social malady that's with us today, and it's increasing in its scope and virulence. The desire to enslave our fellow man is unfortunately intrinsic to the human character. It has been with us since the beginning of time on every continent and in virtually every culture. From ancient Egypt to Babylon to Greece and Rome, Africa, Asia, Europe, and the United States. Germany and Japan openly practiced widespread slavery only 50 years ago. And the Soviet Union until less than a decade ago. China even today. It's a disease of our human nature, and yet people are under the impression that it no longer exists. I say to you that in a subtle form, it exists in America today, and it's becoming less subtle and more manifest. Madison Avenue has just cleaned it up a little bit, dressed it up in new words. The slave master is now a big brother, someone to protect you, someone to confide in. But it's all the same. He owns your life. Now, this may sound far-fetched, but I think I can prove it. When the IRS allows you a tax deduction, they and their congressional collaborators and the media call it a tax subsidy. In other words, they designate it as a gift to you, a subsidy. The only way they could conceive this terminology is by presupposing that they, i.e. the government, own all the money. Their view is that they're entitled to it all. That which they allow you to keep is their compassionate and generous gift to you. How can this be? You create the money by your efforts, your sacrifice, your creativity, your risk-taking. So how can it belong to them? It's very simple. They own you. They own everything you produce, your money, your house, your thoughts and ideas, your children. If you go to a foreign country to work, you still have to pay the U.S. income tax. You could dig a hole in the middle of Siberia and they'd be entitled to a cut of your wages because in their minds, under their law, they own you. They create arcane and esoteric laws to criminalize you. You may try, but you can't obey them. You can't even understand them without a lot of professional help. You have to run around slavishly collecting little pieces of paper, receipts, seven years of detailed financial records because you might be called on to give an account of yourself to the big boss man. And if you've made a mistake, he can take everything you have. He loves it that way. That's total power over you, slavery. I don't remember when we the people signed over ownership of ourselves it just gradually happened by them taking more and more of our freedom. But here's the worst part. It's really only just begun. In this modern age, the information age, getting your money is not enough, even though money, don't let anyone deceive you, is the material source of your freedom. Now, however, they want your mind. If you deviate in your thinking, if you commit one of the 10,000 taboos, and they perceive your actions as a threat, they'll come out and kill you. It was the thought police who killed the children at Waco and Ruby Ridge. Neither David Koresh nor Randy Weaver, whatever things might be said about them, had ever mugged anyone, robbed a 7-Eleven, or committed forcible rape or murder. But they did have unorthodox views, and therefore it was necessary to round them up and deal with them. Whatever their crimes were, they could have been arrested and tried openly in a court of law. But that was not the aim of certain factions in the government. These statists wanted a massive demonstration of force to show who was boss. The penalty for resisting is death. After all, we're not free. We belong to the government, and deviant thoughts will not be tolerated. In the aftermath of the horrible Oklahoma City bombing, government propagandists tried to intimidate the people into silence.
by recklessly linking criticism of the government to acts of murder. Some people ask, how can you fear your government and claim to love your country? Our response is, how can you love your country without fearing your government? Who else holds a counterfeit license to kill, incarcerate, and confiscate for non-crimes? Remember, America is about liberty first and last, not obedience to bureaucrats. So there's more to it. You guys can you know go and view this yourself. It's over on YouTube. There's a couple of different copies of it. Uh, I tried to grab the one with the best audio, but I think I failed. Uh, it's a little crackly in my headphones, at least. But well, it was audible anyway. This is 1996, mm-hmm. right? I was mm, I don't know 24, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I didn't even see this when it actually was on TV. It wasn't until the YouTube era that I saw this, and then I thought to myself, these ideas of liberty and freedom and voluntarism go further back than I imagined. I thought that they were like new ideas, right? Mm. Because all these new people on YouTube, you know, we'll call it celebritarians to some extent, you know, or philosophers, that type of thing, were putting out content that I was getting because of the Internet. And I stumbled upon this, and I'm like, this was in 96? Where did this come from? And then I sort of went backwards and saw all the rest of the the Russo-produced stuff that had to do with this, and... Uh, it's my firm belief that Aaron Russo was uh, an early, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say godfather, but like as far as content is concerned, he was producing freedom content uh, in 96 and before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this particular speech by Rod Taylor, those of you who don't know, Rod Taylor, Hollywood movie actor, mm. uh, was in some films You know that, I mean, I don't even know, I can't name a film he was in, but the fact that he not only... Uh, did this bit i don't know if he wrote this i don't know if this is him off the cuff if if somebody else wrote it and he's just playing a part i don't know and i also don't care because to me this hit home i was like oh my god oh my god not only are the people that i was discovering correct but there were people a generation before those people who had all the same ideas who knew what the reality was when it comes to the state, and we're putting it out on television, which was you know long before the internet, of course. Mm-hmm. Well, honestly, the revolution will not be televised. No, it'll resisting, be on your phone. <laughs> resisting ownership by the empire goes all the way back, like yeah. all the way back. Yeah, yeah, and and when you do enough thinking about it, you're like, oh, oh, so so no matter what type of organization we or no matter what form the organization of government takes uh, as long as it's based on coercion and violence mm-hmm. it's going to result in the same thing yes yes that's what we're telling you everybody's fine with thinking about uh you know old school monarchies where like you know uh, nobody he's like king nobody and he will rule over all of the people and he will control the peasants and he will take you know his 10% or whatever it is of their of their crops or their labor or whatever it is everybody recognizes that's a bad idea everybody right with the exception mm-hmm. of maybe like well even including britain i'm not going to call them great britain call them mediocre britain <laughs> right but Make they're britain great again their their monarchy is really only in you know sort of uh uh, it's a pretend monarchy, right? Uh, they it's have, a limited monarchy. Uh, okay. So, but outside of that, like, 
there are very few like which, which old is school itself a huge kingdom. change like the, the idea of oh well you are a divine person and thus have all power is a very different sort of a thing than like well no you, you you're a figurehead with power but yeah. like there are things that you can't do yeah. like you're not allowed to do x y and z so like, everybody recognizes apparently molesting children isn't one of those things uh, turns just out uh, yeah. wouldn't you know it mm-hmm so everybody, everybody, at least in the United States, not everybody, but most people recognize that that's a horrible way to treat people, to you know, organize a community, to you know, uh, get anything done, right? You know, the, the rich get richer, the poor get poorer, right? There's usually violence involved to make that thing go, uh, and then eventually, if it gets bad enough, the the people sort of rise up and they get rid of that guy, only for another guy to come along. And be like, okay, now it's my kingdom, right? It's sort of like the video game where you challenge the big boss, and then all of a sudden you're the big boss because you challenged and you won. Right. Everybody recognizes that's mm-hmm. a horrible way to run a community, a society, a city, a town, whatever. Right. For some reason, if you dress it up with a little bit of a, a parade, a little uh, song and dance, if you will, a little bit of uh, mm, uh, ceremony, I think is the best word to describe it, called voting. Mm. Right. Oh, we got to go to the voting polls, and we got to stand in these little boxes, and we got to press the button or check a box or fill out a form, whatever it is. And I've cast my vote. I've done the thing, and that makes. And so, like, if you just throw some of that in there, they ignore the rest of the tyranny. Well, it's mm. this bizarre idea that like you're the origin of this power, but <laughs> the only only way that you get to express your power is as a group yeah like you don't get to express any of your like it it is the most powerful thing in the universe but the only time you get to express it is as a group you don't get to express any of that as an individual yeah no 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 yeah which god it's so close oh you're so close yeah there's no difference between a democracy and uh gang rape in my opinion Mm. Like it's a whole bunch of people getting together, deciding what they're going to do to somebody else. Yeah, gang rape. The majority gets what they want, and the minority gets fucked. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. the truth. That's the shortest democracy lesson, like on planet Earth. Well, really. And and one of the issues that keeps propagating this thing, in my opinion, is that there are a lot of people who deep, deep down want to be told what to do, and. Don't want to admit that that is true. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Now, and the problem is, if they if they would just admit it, all they have to do is hire Man- Madam Spanks a lot, and she will tell them what to do all day for a reasonable fee. Right. <laughs> Which I'm I'm perfectly happy with you voluntarily yes. yourself going and finding someone to tell you what to do. Or going and finding Miss Spanks a lot. However, yeah, I am and- opposed to somebody else. Robbing me to pay for Miss Spanks a lot to come and spank me when I don't want her to. Right. And mm. if I don't allow her to, they threaten to put me in a cage or kill me. Well, and that's the thing. When you don't choose to allow her to, right. that makes them feel ooky. Like they feel doubt and uncertainty and fear and like hesitancy and like they start questioning their decisions and their worldview and like it it gives them this terrible anxiety when you choose to think for yourself to to lead your own life 
to not be told what to do by the same people telling them what to do. Uh, I don't mind if people out there, if you need a leader, great, go find one. Uh, sometimes they're called mentors. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. In the voluntary sense of the word, right? You're like, hmm. I don't know anything about this subject, or I want to learn more. Let me go find somebody who's good at it or has done it already, and let me see if I can, you know, get some pointers from them. Maybe I'll pay them. You know, well, maybe there's, they offer and there's a million ways like, to do this: get a life coach yeah. or a personal trainer or a Miss Banks a lot, or mm. E. All of the, maybe that's all rolled into one person. We don't know, Could be. you know, or maybe it's a team of people, a, a service provider. It's a, it's if a you will. full service mastery. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I don't mind. But just don't have them tell me what to do. Right. Right. I like. There should be a place where people like us who want to be left alone to be leaders of ourselves, captain of yourself, if you will, Hmm. can go. There should be a place on planet Earth for us to live as we so desire. And the fact of the matter is there isn't. There's roughly 200 countries on planet Earth. Uh, All of the real estate of planet Earth has been claimed by some form of government. So there's not a place on planet Earth where I, we, uh, freedom-loving people can go and live a voluntary life. We're completely willing to let people who don't want a voluntary life live that life as long as they don't force their opinion on us. Well, and a big part of that is that if they allow us to do it, then we will prove that it can be done. Right. And if it can be done, then they have to own up to the fact that it could be done and they're choosing not to. Right. And that's that's what they want to avoid. Yes. They, they, on the one hand, want to avoid responsibility, but they want to avoid admitting even to themselves, let alone anyone else, yeah. that they're avoiding responsibility. Yeah. And to a large extent, government is outsourced responsibility. Absolutely. Right? These people who say, oh... You know, I, I I hate the Russians. It's like, okay, you're free to hate them. And, you know, I want to go. I, I hope Ukraine defeats the Russians. Okay, well, why aren't you over there helping the Ukrainians defeat the Russians? Right. Like, get on a fucking plane, arm yourself up with some guns and some ammunition, you know, and, and go fucking fight. Go. Get your ass over there. Don't just sit around and say, I support your Ukrainians, blah, 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 and I want to see them defeat the rest. Go well, and help. Like, if you actually well, fucking I'll the, care. I'll play devil's advocate on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, if I were in that position, I might say, well, it is less effective for me individually to head over there than for me to stay here and tell the people who have the infinite money supply to give them a bunch of money to blow things up. That only proves my point that you are participating in outsourced responsibility. Go on. Well, you've just outsourced it to the government. Mm. That line of thinking is outsourcing that particular responsibility. Mm. You're you're not taking personal responsibility for what you feel is the right thing to do, and instead you're outsourcing it to this entity known as government. Therefore, outsourcing your responsibility. You've described well, but it But I'm perfectly. responsible for my vote. Okay. And you're outsourcing it to people who have proved that they won't do it, mm. you know, that they won't do a decent job of it. Yeah. Yeah, that is another, like, amazing blinder. And, and like, even I didn't realize how powerful people's blinders were for, like, okay, how many fucking times does CNN have to lie to you? 
How many people do you have to personally know die yeah. because CNN lied to you? And they CNN, finally ABC, got rid of CBS Brian say, Stelzer. Huh? They finally fired Brian Stelzer. Did they? Yep. I don't know who yep. that is. Oh, he, he, he had a segment called Reliable Sources. Which is anything but. Oh, yeah. He's, on the Criminal News Network? Yep. Okay. And yeah, he's an extraordinary one because he has like zero charisma. Which it's weird to see a newscaster like stay up there for years with zero charisma. Yeah. Hmm. And yeah, he he was just one of the most blatant liars. Like mm. he'd like you know go to a uh, 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 college and have uh, an open you know questioning thing, and then just outrightly refuse to answer direct questions. <sighs> yeah. What was the question you did that with again? Um. <sighs> I, I think it That's was just, a good question. I, 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 I am having a little trouble remembering it. I think it was something along the lines of uh, just pointing out the. It was just one of those hypocrisies of party favoritism. Mm. I mean, I, I forget which one because there's a fucking infinite number of them where it's like, hey, you applied this standard to the Democratic Party. And this standard no. to the Republican Party. Oh, you're talking about political parties. Yeah. I was going to say, well, I'm in favor it, of parties. If it weren't for <laughs> double standards, they wouldn't have any standards at all. Oh, right. nice. Yeah. <laughs> I used to say that about luck. If it wasn't for bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck at all. <laughs> and then I started having some good luck, and I'm like, I can't say that anymore. Yay! <laughs> well, that's lucky for you. It is. Yeah, <laughs> quite, quite literally. Uh, and then, uh, I'm trying to remember... Uh, as one of my friends had a had a dog named named Luck, not Lucky, just Luck, mm-hmm. and and they like it's like here now you have some luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to to touch on a point that you had uh, mentioned way earlier about like yeah about sort of us being sort of the spearhead yeah that it, that's trying the like early uh, adopters yeah the uh, we're we're doing the beta test here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We and, had email before everybody else did. Right. Right, is what I'm getting at. Yeah, and I, I'm absolutely convinced at this point that, like, that the entire world is reaching the point where one of two things is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Either we will, as a species, get over this whole having a government thing. Like, the idea of having a violent force that you cannot choose yeah. is Something that we will either get over or not. Or it's going to do us in. Exactly. Like, either that's about to kill us all, which they have the tools, or we're going to just get over it and stop doing that. Yeah. If this sort of mm, uh, encroaching global tyranny, and and I am calling it that because, you know, while the United States government is certainly the largest empire the planet Earth has ever known. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't absolve the rest of the governments from their responsibilities in this encroaching tyranny that everybody's... Pro- like, the whole COVID thing, if that wasn't an illustration to you of global tyranny, I don't know what is going to be. Yeah. They all mm-hmm. acted in concert in the exact same way, well, almost the exact same way. Some had slightly different results. Australia was way more stern and strict about some stuff than, like, say, you know, the United States, for example, or some of the United States. You know, some of the states within the United States. But anyway, I, I lose my point. 
And then there was like a, a I forget which Scandinavian country that they're like, uh, they, they locked down for a week and they're like, no, this is dumb. This is terrible. Uh, guys, we suggest you do these things, but you know, you figure it out. Yeah. I don't. Uh, Sweden, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah you're right. That's it. Yeah. I don't know that there has been a time in the history of the earth when all governments acted in unison in that type of a way against the people simultaneously. I don't think it has ever happened before in the history of the world. Yeah, I nobody. I mean, it you, was surprising to see no, no. Usually, one government will be like, "Yeah, that's stupid." Yeah, you know. But here, there is all. Yeah, I, even, well, I guess Sweden was as close well, as it came. Even well, and that's the thing. Like, usually, there's at least one government that goes that that not only doesn't do the thing but is actively against the thing that says that is a terrible idea, that yeah. is stupid, or that is evil, and we are good because look at these evil people doing the thing, and we are not doing the thing. Usually, no matter what it is, there's at least one country, usually several, that do that. Yeah. But mm-hmm. even Sweden, like, they didn't say this was stupid. Mm-hmm. It is. It really is. Right. And the fact that, like, you had... You had better outcomes than you should have in theory, especially given your very old population and the fact that this targeted old people and left yeah. the young alone. But even then, they, they didn't like no, go, no, that's dumb. Yeah. They went, no, that's very highly intelligent. We're just not going to do it. So, so it's a global, mm, I don't even know what to call it, uh, uh, all of the governments working together in concert against their people simultaneously? Yeah. Like... What the fuck it's is like that? It's like United Nations. And you know, I, I mean, maybe you don't know, maybe I don't know, but I totally feel if they did it once, they're going to do it again, and the next time they do it, it's going to be worse. Yeah. Once you get all of the governments on the planet working in concert against the s- supposed citizens mm-hmm. of their countries, I mean, we're in for a world of fucking hurt. Oh, yeah. Like, this is it. This is the end game. Like, a, a lot of people, like, hell, there was even a document a documentary called Endgame. And, like, a lot of people, like, that. that's one of the, like, when you start talking to them about the actual power structure, it's like, okay, well, what's their end game? And it's yeah. like, well, power. Power is the, is the final goal. They want absolute power. Yeah. Their power is not quite absolute, and they want that changed. But, like, here we are. This is the end game. Like, the technological prowess is, on the one hand, capable of actually freeing us. Yes. And on the other hand, absolutely destroying us if we don't get free. It does seem rather binary. Mm. I I still feel... And there's ten kinds of people in the world. Those <laughs> who think in binary and those who don't. <laughs> uh, I still feel like... I mean, technology is moving at such a pace now that like we as humans can't keep up. There's technology being invented and deployed right now that we don't even know about. Right. Uh, and it's going to surprise us when we see it. When did that happen? Oh, shit. <laughs> you know, um, my my thought process is that if statism takes its time, you know, with its global domination plan, uh, that humankind will split into two factions. Mm. Uh, and I don't mean Republicans and Democrats. I mean uh, people who stay on planet Earth and people who leave planet Earth. Hmm. Well, I don't see How what do that has leave? to do with government. Well, so 
if you take a look at history, right, why did people leave England? Mm, different reasons. And, and come here? Uh, some of them were forced to leave, okay. and some of them chose to leave. They wanted to stop being oppressed for their religion and start oppressing other people for their other religion. Okay, <laughs> but but let's take you know the key out of that, which is they were being oppressed and wanted to find a place where they could live as they chose. They could have their freedom of their religion, etc., and so on. So they can't. They they went. They set out to find a place. That wasn't ruled over by England. They didn't have to pay their rules. They could make up their own and live how they pleased. That's the the essence of of that. So where is a place? Obviously not on planet Earth. We've covered that. Every place on planet Earth has been claimed by a government. Where can man go where they can live by their own rules? The ocean. That brings me to to another Heinlein quote. He said, uh, of course, he lived in a... or his character lives and lived in a spacefaring society, and, yeah. and what his character said was, "When a when a place gets crowded enough to require ID cards, it's time to leave." Mm. The great thing about space travel is it gave us somewhere to go. Right. Nice. That's an excellent quote. <laughs> and that's kind of what I'm getting at, right? Like, I, I know you said the ocean, and to some extent, there there is some freedom to be found. I. I'm a fan of the idea of seasteading, although the fact that nobody has successfully, not you, nobody, the other that, one. that no other groups or group, you know organizations of people have pulled it off successfully. Well, you think I'm talking about on top of the ocean. Whatever, right? Well, the, those are very different things. So, like, uh, I if, understand. If we, if we got into space, why would they not oppress us there? Well, because it's far more vast and it would be far more difficult. Right, right, exactly. It's it, there are there's it, it's too expensive. Yes, like it's too expensive and it's too dangerous to oppress everyone. Yes, you can get that with the ocean too. I understand. Like it, once you get pretty deep, like the it, you end up with the same kind of difficulties as the vacuum of space, and it is vast. Okay, but the oceans are much smaller than outer space the Um, oceans are also heavily populated with things like nuclear submarines warships pirates and food well okay yes absolutely but if we can apply the principles of freedom to seasteading why can't we apply them to space steading well i think that you have to get that in the right order or it won't work getting there is half the fun yeah well i mean it is so much more difficult to get into space in the first place. Currently, it will always be easier to get to the ocean than to space, unless you're in space already. Well, aren't we all kind of in space? <laughs> in space, man. I'm already <laughs> traveling through space at an unbelievable velocity. I'm trying to think of the Hicks quote. Uh, whatever. It's not gonna. I'm not going to, it can't be forced. But yeah, Uh, I mean, I figure like. Hex quotes can only come to you spontaneously. (laughs) You cannot force them. And here's Tom with the weather. Here's Tom with the weather. Yeah, that's (laughs) that's the quote I was looking for, but I can't remember it. So we'll just skip on by that. Uh, But uh, most of the the difficulties that you're going to have to have solved in order to exist in space, you can solve at a much lower cost, at a much uh, lower cost. 
uh, risk factor by just doing them with the ocean. I'm not disagreeing with you at all. Now, the 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 catch. However, comma, it's far easier for governments to start claiming oceans than it is for them to start claiming space. Is it? I mean, they haven't already. They've had centuries to do it, and they're not very good at it. I mean, to some extent, space has been claimed, and and uh, uh, we covered this on an episode of Free Talk Live once upon a time. Uh, a a photograph was taken uh, by an individual. Uh, no, I'm sorry, by a satellite uh, of planet Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but an individual was, you know, manning the controls, and they were like, "Oh, let's take a picture." Right, and so they uh, they kept that picture for themselves. They're like, ah, oh, look at this cool picture I took using the satellite telescope, or whatever. And uh, NASA was like, uh, no, we own space, so therefore that photo is ours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> NASA claims to own space. NASA claims to own space. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That has got to be the height of hubris. Yeah. Well, what do you expect from a bunch of Nazis? Mm. <laughs> Never a straight answer. Yeah. Oh, NASA. Nice. The the acronymicon. We're going to end that one. <laughs> That's the evil book of acronyms. There you go. <laughs> Seriously, you claimed to own the universe. I, you know, apparently if you take a picture from outer space, uh, you have violated NASA's property. That's insane bullshit, but, you know. Oh, it totally is insane bullshit. That's government for you. Yeah. I don't know. I I think there's kind of a catch-22 because you cannot have an effective space-faring civilization while having a government. Agreed. And it's really hard I'll, I'll to go, develop a, a an anarchist civilization I'll go a step until further. we get into space. I'll go a step further and say you can't have an effective civilization with government. Okay. Government is the least civilized thing that I can think of. I think we're using effective in two different ways. So in my mm. context, I mean, like, not dead. Like, you can actually fare through space and be not dead. Like, you can be on Earth and be effective in the sense of not dead. Sure. With, while still having a government. Whereas, out there, it'll just kill you. You're saying government will kill you faster in space? Is that where you're going with this? No, I'm just saying space will kill you faster. Faster than government. Maybe. Maybe. Probably. I mean, if you're not prepped for it, you don't know what you're doing. But like, I, I just feel like there, there's going to be a time, you know, probably after I'm dead, when I'm no longer a part of, you know, this, this little rock hurling through space. There's going to be a point in time where people leave the planet because... It's been taken over by tyranny. Like, uh, there's not enough people doing, you know, things to stop it. You know, we have our little enclave here, if you will, uh, in New Hampshire, trying to secede so that we can carve out a little little bit of piece of planet Earth where we can live the way we want to. And maybe we get away with that. And maybe we're the exception to the rule. But the majority of the planet is apparently content to keep going in the direction that they are and be ruled over by these tyrants who will continue to act in unison against the entire planet, because once they do it, they'll do it again, and they'll do it harder the next time or better. And, you know, if they got technology behind them to help make it go and software developers developing things that help make governments more tyrannical, 
Like, uh, that's a hard thing to go up against and win. It's a little bit of David and Goliath. Well, However, if you escape the place that is doing all of that, uh, maybe you got a shot. Maybe you, you go find one of these M-class planets or whatever they're called, you know, where perhaps it can sustain life in some way, shape, or form. Well, I think that part of what categorizes this moment is that for the first time ever, there is no easy frontier to get to. Right. And therefore, the rest of society who, okay, like people like us have always shown up. Yeah. Like we pop into existence all over the place in every culture throughout time. Right. And we go, fuck this place. I'm out. Right. Like, fuck the king. Fuck your taxes. Fuck this whole feudalist nonsense. You have some sort of an epiphany, and you let other people know, like uh, like this guy did in 1996, the guy we, we listened to, Rod Taylor, uh, just a little bit ago, or people even before him, Lysander Spooner, right? You know, you might give it a shot trying to let people know, but in general, I think you just basically go, I'm going to go over there where you aren't. I mean, for me, like, when I first had the fog of statism lifted, my first instinct was, I have to tell everybody about this. Mm. And so I did. I set about telling everybody. I started with my close personal circle. And they were like, uh, man, are you high? Or, you, know, <laughs> you know, and they kind of, you know, those who were my friends, like, listened to me. And then, like, okay, whatever. It's just, you know, crazy captain talking stuff, right? You know, and so then, you know, I'd go to, you know, my family or my lesser close friends and, you know, and I'd telling them, and they're like, oh, okay, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, it's fine. And then I'd go to, like, okay, fine. I'm just going to start telling people in the streets or at the <laughs> bar or whatever because I'm like, people have to know this information. <laughs> the people must know. They must know. I have discovered a secret and I want you all to know that statism is evil and it's so plain in front of you. Oh my God, the wool has been lifted. The curtain has been pulled from, you know, the, the wizard, right? And the guy behind the curtain is, is just pulling the levers and making you believe that the wizard is real and like i was nah, met, it's just i was janitor with complete apathy the brush off you know and like for a minute i was like they were all like yeah you know you're a little crazy dude and like i mean i've kind of always been a little uh, rebellious if you will i've never been a conformist to, you know i played in heavy metal bands and all that kind of stuff so like you know, well, maybe you got to be a little crazy to do that kind of stuff. Well, and that's the thing where, like, so I've I've been a few kind of crazy in my time. Sure. Um, and the thing about this kind of quote-unquote crazy, like, other kinds of crazy have stuff you can point out. Yeah. Like, okay, well, you said this sentence, and that's not a sentence. Those words don't belong together. They don't actually create anything when you put them together like that. Yeah. Like, there, there are things you can point to. Or like, okay, well, you believed this, and here's this, you know, physical evidence that disproves that from being possible. Yeah. That sort of thing. This Hmm. kind of crazy, on the other hand, there's nothing you can say. Like, you don't actually have an argument. I mean... Not a factual one. You can can try, you can pretend, but you don't actually have a coherent argument against this. Yeah. It, so it's like a different kind of crazy uh, of calling you crazy. It's a dismissive kind. Yes. Like its purpose is not to actually like help you or to even categorize, but to get you to get away from this uncomfortable truth. 
Yes, and and that's exactly what it felt like. It wasn't a, uh, oh, somebody has provided some facts and evidence or irrational arguments or, you know, logic or out-logicked my thoughts and, and proven me wrong, so to speak. Uh, and, and it, like, to me, to some extent, I guess it is about being right because the evidence is overwhelming. Yeah. It mm-hmm. is fucking overwhelming. If you just look at the outcome of the system. Mm-hmm. And like, what is what is really the product of statism? Death, destruction, oppression, murder, control, control. Like these are the products of statism. Now, if I went around to everybody, if there's a factory and, and it keeps kicking out widgets, <laughs> son of a gun, you might think that that was a widget factory. <laughs> Especially if they're evil widgets. Right. Right? And these evil widgets are murdering people? Like, you'd be like, shut that factory down. Right. Well, there is a factory, and it is kicking out evil widgets. It's just (laughs) called government. Right. Hmm. And it literally is a factory. It's kicking out evil widgets that do nothing but harm and rape and murder and steal and all the bad things that people agree. It is a literal ass death machine. That's what it is. And it needs to be shut down. Yeah. Well, and so, uh, so... This was what I was kind of trying to point out, though, is like this is the first time that we that we have had to talk to these people like used to be throughout time that we do exactly that. You know, we'd like, holy shit, yeah. the, the statist death machine. And, you know, uh, we would call these people prophets because that's what they are. Yeah. And, you know, they wouldn't like do the normal thing. They would do this other thing where they tell you how you're fucking up. And sure, there's different ways of saying this in different cultures throughout time, but basically, like, they they say, okay, well, these are the rules of the creator of reality or whatever, and you are not following those rules. And they point out how you are not following the rules that will allow you to continue to exist. That's what a prophet is. That's their job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they are generally not well received. Hmm. I don't know if I can fit prophet into my... My series of titles. <laughs> the Lord, Reverend, Prophet, Doctor, Captain, Kickass, Buckshot. You, you could always you put Prophet first. Like the great Prophet, Lord, Reverend, Doctor, Kickass, Buckshot. I don't like putting Esquire like, third. I'm I'm so against Britain being called Great Britain. Mm. I just don't want to put the word great because <laughs> I don't want to like like ascribe myself a, a score. You, you right? could just start with the Prophet. Though. Other people might not think I'm great. And so I, I want them to evaluate me of their own volition, and I don't want to, it, like, maybe... The, me- the mediocre to pretty good. Maybe today I think <laughs> I'm great, but tomorrow I'm not so great. But yet I put that, and I'm like, no, it's not right. I don't know, man. Anymore. I don't know why you put buckshot in there. Where's the buckshot come from? <laughs> I actually stole that from... Uh, I mean, I know buckshot tends to sneak up on I, people, but... I was in a band where, uh, one of the first bands I was in, where everybody had to have a pseudonym. And so the lead singer slash guitar player was uh, named Hugh Mungus, mm. right? Mm. Straight out of uh, uh, the the Road Warrior, right? There was a guy in the in the Road Warrior movies uh, in uh, in Bada Town. I yeah, believe, a family his, member who name, with a name with Hugh the first initial Mungus, A M U N G U S S. So anyway, do you have anyone in his family with a first initial A? A mm-hmm. Mungus. Mm. No, I don't believe so. So anyway, hmm. the singer slash guitar player was Hugh Mungus, 
And then I was Captain Kickass, of course. And then the drummer, his pseudonym was Eugenius the Human Pump Handle Slamming Machine Buckshot Esquire, if you will. Hmm. And so I stole Buckshot Esquire, if you will, from Eugenius the Human Pump Handle Slamming Machine. Well, I appreciate that if you're going to use Esquire, you use if you will. The reason he called himself Eugenius the Human Pump Handle Slamming Machine was because he was the drummer, and so he was of the opinion that drummers were always the genius in the band. Right, and then the pump handle slamming machine comes from the fact that drummers get more chicks than the guitar players or the singers, mm. for whatever reason, and that seems to mm. have been true. Mm. And so, you know, it's an ode to the size of his cock, apparently. No, nah. so Eugenius, wow. the human pump handle. Like, think about a pump handle, like, yeah, mm. three feet long or something. Uh. You know, slamming machine, right? Like, does a lot of fucking. So, getting back to uh, profit. But to answer the question, mm. I have no idea where Buckshot Esquire came from. Ah, where did, so where did I think it's it? just like an ode to like Hicks or something, right? You know, uh, Buckshot Esquire. You know, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I didn't make it up. I just stole it. But yeah, like so, <laughs> throughout time, prophets show up and tell people how they're not actually living in a way that they can continue to live. So we are prophets. Yes. And what happens when they don't get listened to is they fuck off. Like, okay, well, you guys don't want to listen to me about the king not being divine. Yeah. I'm going to go over there where you mm. aren't. And maybe it'll kill me. Maybe it won't. Yeah. And that's basically been how humankind gets along. And that's how we explore new areas is that the people that cannot stand being here go over there. So I have officially fucked off and come to New Hampshire. Well, that so that's saying? the thing. Like, we've reached the point where there's nowhere to fuck off to. Like, mm. used to be, I mean, mm. once upon a time, we had a whole different world to fuck off to. You oh could go gosh. across the Atlantic and, and you know, probably die, but maybe carve yourself out a place to live. Hold the phones, everybody. What? Beard Talk Live, unscreened caller. You're on the show. I'm on the air? You're Well, you're That's on the true. show. The air is, hmm, I don't know. I don't know how you could be on the air or yeah, in the air or you're well, breathing you're, the you're air. You're on the wire, Olivia. Yeah, you're you're not on uh, you're not on the radio if that's what you mean. It does sound like Olivia, doesn't it? It's Olivia. No, no, this is this is a mystery caller from Colorado. <laughs> mystery it's caller, not you're on from Arizona. <laughs> you're on Beard Talk Live. Welcome to the Beards. Oh, hey. Oh, man, it's great to be here. Uh, I was calling about space and uh, then the profits because I have a, a new. Perhaps a new estimated profit for you guys. So okay. I was telling nobody about it. Before you continue, um, but, though, I, you think you just gave me a great another band name, the Space Prophets. Ooh. The Space Prophets. Mm. I like it. All right. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, with the space thing, actually, I was saying this to my mom the other day. I was like, you know, I'm really glad Elon Musk and, and Jeff Bezos got their rocket because I can't wait till they just blast on out of here. What a better world it'll be. I hope they take the entire U.S. <laughs> Congress with them. They can have a whole planet of gold, and we can they're, just... Uh, they're not going to do that, though. They're, they're going to instead uh, continue to control the population because that's where they have power. If they get together and blast off into space, they're not going to have power over each other. In fact, that'll probably result in them killing each other. Wait, well, I call wait. that a win for all of us. <laughs> I can't disagree with you there. I've got an idea. So here's what we do. Step one, we make it a really, really big, like, uh, 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 like social flex to live in space. 
Like it's ri- like if you're really a rich person, then you would live in space, like yeah. Jeff Bezos does, right? Right, right? And then all of our Congress critters will want to live in space because you know they're above you. Why not make it literal? And so then they'll go off into space, and we, and here's what we do: we pull the same trick on them that they pulled on Al Capone while he was in jail, and just like feed them. Uh, 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 nonsense updates like Mm. so they still think they're running everything and you know we keep giving them updates about what we're up to and do absolutely none of it Hmm. yeah it work i i like this idea oh yeah the the population is is, we've all killed each other off and yeah there's nothing to see here yep down under 500 million now yep Uh, everyone's been uh, octuple jabbed. Yep, yep, absolutely. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So the estimated prophet that I'm suggesting, his name's William Cooper, and he wrote a book called Behold a Pale Horse, which I've, mm. I've, I've heard of, right? We've all heard of it, and, like, no one's actually read it. So I have not. Yeah, somebody... I was going to say, I've, I've heard of it, but I've never read it. Hmm. Right? Yeah, I know, I know I, who you're I... talking about. Uh, he's he's definitely an interesting one Although, for sure. To be fair, I'm like not a huge book reader. Mm. Uh, the majority of the reading that I do is like PDFs and user guides and you know that type of a thing, uh, rather than you know nonfiction or fiction. Yeah, well, I know that Cooper predicted the school shooting thing. Mm. He did. Um, he certainly did. Um, my wait, my thought, you mean going actually, postal? Uh, well, specifically school shootings. School shootings. He okay. said that the uh, that that would be something that the government would encourage in order to disarm us. I mean, there's a term for for what happens there with the school shootings. It's called fish in a barrel, mm. right? Oh, oh, you're such a good fisherman because oh, you caught these fish that had nowhere else to go. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, there's, uh, I forget what it's called, but there's this weird thing that rich people do where they will go to, like, uh, a special resort to hunt. Mm, But in order for this to work, like, there are fences around the entire resort. Right. So that the animals have nowhere to go. They're hunting captive animals. So you might, you know, reach the point where you're like, aha, I've got it in the corner. Which is kind of bizarre for a hunting experience, but um, yeah. it's mm. kind of like that for the school shootings. Olivia? Mm. Yeah, for sure. My It's, it's funny because my prison pen pal actually tipped me off on this, and I was just thinking, man, there's, there's, no, uh, there's no one quite like someone who's been through the system and, and it dealt with the just us system that uh, they start getting wise to it and start doing some research. I have to ask Um, a question because I don't know the answer, and also perhaps it's something that other people uh, are interested in doing. How does one acquire a prison pen pal? Well, see, I I was close friends with his mom, and she was talking about how she doesn't write to him, and I was like, I'll write to him because he's not in there. He's in there for drug charges, not like rape or anything. So, And I started writing to him. He's a really cool dude. So. Okay. I really like his mom, so yeah, it was it was, it was just you know I wouldn't I probably wouldn't pick someone at random just in case, but yeah. you know you never know you might get someone good. I mean, there's half those people shouldn't be in there, so mm-hmm. yeah, I'd um, say the majority of people in the prison system are there for victimless so-called crimes. So. Oh yeah, 
Oh yeah, definitely. Right. Uh, one one thing that I was so I'm also not reading it. I'm having someone read it to me on YouTube. Um, but I haven't gotten very far. But one thing that really struck a chord with me was that he's talking about the economy as a silent weapon. And they started formulating this plan back in 1917. He claims he, he was in, he worked in the Navy and he moved up the ranks and got these top secret clearances. And he was talking about the plan, the, the silent weapon is the economy, and they really couldn't implement it without computing because they needed a whole lot of data to be able to really um, know what to do, like no run run test models and things like that. And what he said was the reason we keep having so many wars is because they need to kill off the creditors, which is you and me, um, because they run up the inflation, they wreck the economy, and then they've got to get rid of the creditors, right? And that's us. So hmm. I found that very telling. And another interesting thing, I was talking to a different friend who's a comedian in Austin, Texas, and we were talking about abortion, and he's like, yeah, you know, they act like this is some kind of religious issue, but I suspect behind it all, they want a population boom so that they can send them off to war pretty soon, you know, like, I was like, you know, that, that kind of makes more sense because these people never have your best um, interest at heart. I, I would I put, know. I would push back on that. Uh, so, uh, my general perspective is that they actually don't like a high population because the more people you have, the harder they are to control. Whereas the well, fewer people you have, the easier it is to control them. Well, they want, they want enough people at the right time. They want, they want, spikes in the population they want they want resources and as soon as they have too many you know the law of declining utility takes over then they don't need you know when it reaches the critical mass and they don't need you then they can turn you into cannon fodder lower the population and repeat the cycle because that's what they do hmm. well except that a bunch of us don't get turned into cannon fodder hmm. Hmm. I, I i'm you've said a whole lot of stuff there that i'm gonna have to think about because, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, my, like my gut says one thing, but then my brain, you know, my logical brain is like, hmm, interesting. I haven't thought of it that way before. There's a lot of moving parts to this, and they've got a, they've definitely got it down to an art and a science. And I'm, I'm trying to grasp this whole thing, too, as I'm listening. I'm really trying to wrap my mind around some of it. And it's, it's almost too, it's too much to try to keep track of I am, on a certain level. I am yeah. curious about... Um, you know, the, the way the at least the United States government has been inflating the currency hmm. and the upcoming demise of the baby boomers, right? The baby boomers are about hmm. to all die off, if you know, and they have started already That's gonna to be some extent change. because yeah, I, sure. I think I'm a technically what they call a Gen Xer. I don't put any faith or stock in any of these titles, by the way. I really actually hate these generational titles because I think it shows division. It just gives people another reason to hate other people. You know, the, the, oh, the, the millennials hate the boomers and the boomers hate the Gen Xers, the Gen Xers hate the, you know, whatever, right? I think it just gives people another title to hate rather than, rather than evaluating people on an individual basis, which is what they should be doing. But that notwithstanding, the baby boomers, obviously large chunk of population happened all at once, uh, and they're all dying out now or about to be. And so that's going to leave a much smaller population. So not only are we going to have an inflated money supply, but we're going to have less people. What does that mean for the economy? Right. I've I've been thinking about this too. Like I'm a millennial, and so my generation's been defrauded constantly. You know, we went to college <laughs> yes, like we were supposed to. 
Um, and then we couldn't get jobs. You know, I saw engineers waiting tables and working at Radio Shack. And yep. it got a little better under Trump, and now it's just terrible again. People, people who had stuff under Obama, they lost their houses. And I'm just waiting for when the boomers finally do die off, and I suspect they're going to live forever because, these, you know, <laughs> nice people die young. It's um, funny that you mention that because uh, before the millennials existed, uh, there was this joke about uh, Los Angeles, Hollywood area in in particular, where if you go there, everybody that you bump into is really something else, right? As to say, you go out to eat, and like the the waiter, oh, I'm an actress, or I'm a writer, or I'm a producer, or, I'm a director, right? You got that kind of thing, and then you know the millennials come along, and thanks to the system, quote unquote. Uh, that now everybody is like they live in Los Angeles and everybody's something else that you bump into. Like, oh, you're my Uber driver. Oh, but really, I'm a writer or really, I'm a musician or really, I'm this. You know, they're not the thing that they're doing. And and that's an imbalance to me in, in society. Like, people should be able to do, like, everybody's got to do something for, like, a living and that kind of a thing. And so, Oh, I think you know, that's absolutely but, adaptive behavior. But, but everybody should be able to align what they do, the services or goods that they provide in exchange, you know, for currency. Oh, you mean the fact that we're not getting paid for the stuff that we actually want to do with our lives. Correct. Right. Yes. Like, like mm. that should be an alignment that, you know, as society evolves, comes more in into alignment than less but currently it's going the opposite direction in my opinion for sure and there is plenty to go around but for some reason it's not going around and that was what i was saying was when the boomers i feel like they're the last generation that really has wealth and has property for the like as a whole not you know individual but you know they've been they've been bought off absolutely and Right. When it comes time for my generation to inherit, you know, because that's all we've got to look forward to is maybe inheriting. We're, you know, we're living paycheck to paycheck at best. And I just know that the government's got a plan to make sure that that doesn't happen. And we're all going to be either in those god awful, um, you know, projects or under a bridge somewhere. I'm really upset about it. Well, they may have a plan to make sure that doesn't happen, but they don't have the power to stop it. So that's the thing, like, and, and this goes back to the, the moment that we're living in and how it really goes one way or the other, where, like, okay, either we end up with having a free, uncensorable currency throughout the world, mm-hmm. and, and and not even just a currency so that it can get screwed up, but Many no, like, an entire marketplace of, of uncensorable currencies, yes. or we end up, like, getting so far under their yoke that we are all using the central bank digital currency system and like there's no way out of that particular trap Hmm. you know i saw something really cool today i was looking at land for sale in fiji because it's off the grid living in a remote area and that just sounds you know tropical paradise sounds great to me and it's actually affordable unlike most islands that's like twenty thousand an acre and i was looking at these properties for sale on this one island and they were like selling they said we accept like a trade for a yacht or cryptocurrency. I was like, oh, that's ah, red. Nice. <laughs> that's awesome. I, uh, I, I have a problem. And the problem is that I really like the concept of off-grid living. I like the idea of yeah, raising your own food, having your own garden, having your own animals for your, your protein source, that kind of thing. You know, uh, taking care of your own, you know, whether it's a family or whatever, you know, building your own place, right? Just having a little little slice where, like, 
you're not bothered by other people. What's the problem with that, you might ask? Well, I also... What is the problem with I also love the internet. (laughs) They have the internet. They they do have the internet. Well, if you have the internet, you're not off-grid. Hmm. Well... That's that, are, that depends on what you, you mean are by, by off-grid. De- you are, by definition, part of the grid if you have internet on any device. Might be wireless, but you're still Well, that depends on, the on grid. what you mean by grid, because most people tend to think of uh, of uh, the electric grid in, in terms of the grid. But, like, it is definitely a figure of speech that extends to more than just the electric grid. So, like, okay, well... You can be off the grid in all the ways that matter and be on the grid in all the ways that matter. So, like, mm-hmm. you can produce your own electricity, you can produce your own food, and still be connected to the rest and of the world. And still have a one-gig connection. <laughs> that's, mm. that's, yeah. that's really, like, that's my wish is, like, yeah, I want to be, like, uh, you know, I want to have, you know, drilled well, you know, my own septic system, right? I'd like to be able to do like what the earth ships do, which is like collect all the rainwater and recycle all the wastewater into gray and waste, put it out into a leach field so that, you know, it all sort of takes care of itself. I, you know, I don't have like a traditional septic system, but it would be, you know, something designed like the, if you haven't looked into earth ships, anybody is listening, please look into them. They're amazing pieces really of technology. Are. But anyway, you know, something like that, but then, you know, some solar panels to generate some electricity, you know, and, you know, a high-speed internet connection, right? Like, those are the things that I want all at the same time, and they seem to be at odds with each other. I think that that's an illusion. Okay. So I, so if you, if you look at uh, how the internet is being developed in, uh, in countries that didn't have to go through the process of like, well, first we're going to put up telegraph wires. Right. Yeah. Okay. And then we're going to put up telephone right. wires. It's all wireless. It's all, they're putting up cell towers and they're moving faster than anybody in the traditional Western world where they did have to replace the, the wires with fiber optic cables and deal with that first before they went wireless and all that kind of thing. Yes, you are exactly. absolutely correct. Exactly. So, I mean, it, it appears to be at odds. It appears that the only way that you can be provided with Internet is to uh, subscribe to a cartel. But that's not the truth. It that's is the truth reality. right now. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So, uh, it, I, that's let, what let I'm me, talking let about. Let me rephrase. And, let me and rephrase. I've wanted, I've it wanted appears this. to be impossible to do. But the truth is that you are being prevented from doing it. That is an accurate statement. And what I'm saying is like, okay, yes, if I wait long enough, right, I'm 50, right? Mm. So, like, I don't know how much longer I, I, I can wait, like, for, for the marriage of these two things to, like, occur, right? Now, sure, there's, like, some satellite technology that I might be able to subscribe to, but that means I still must earn currency, in order to pay for that service. I think that that is the one thing that there's no way around. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm convinced that there is there, there are certain well taxation seems to be a thing that there's no way around as well. No, there's a way around it. Okay, I don't pay taxes, but you don't own property. That's true. Yeah, uh, you know, in the sense of like land, right? Yeah, yeah but uh, I mean. neither do you. Okay, but you know, I'm I am buying property. I'm in the process of buying the eternal process that will probably I will end before that process does because well, the process uh, you know my age because you always have to pay uh, rent to the state. Well, right. And that's all wrapped into my mortgage, which will also probably end up with me dying before that's paid off. So, Right. So you don't own property either. No. 
I'm just less delusional about the possibility of owning property. Hmm. Perhaps. Perhaps. Well, I'm sorry, and, and Oli- oh, hang, hang on, Olivia, we, we interrupted you. You were saying something and you didn't get to finish. Uh, no, I, I no? Okay, realize. all right, sweet. Oh, go ahead, Peakless. <laughs> oh, Olivia's got something to say now all of a sudden. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I can. I can. Um, but just to tie it back to tie things back from the internet back to what I was saying about they're going to find a way to strip us of our inheritance. Mm. Uh, I called in a a few nights ago, uh, but I don't know if you guys were on. I had mentioned that, oh, oh, nobody was on. Um, I had mentioned that if you go on Google and you do Google searches, you'll notice that it'll say so many billions of results for a certain keyword or phrase. Right, right. when you go down to page 20, it says you're basically at the end of the line. There's a few, um, you know, like irrelevant <sighs> search. Would you like to repeat the search with these omitted results? If you click that, you get about 40 pages, which is about 450 results. Yeah. But when you get to that last page, next to the last page, it'll still say billions of results. You click on that 40th page or so, and it'll say 450 results returned and the the search will end. You can't keep searching. And if you go to the pictures, it's the same thing. You try to load more pictures and it'll stop. Used to, it would just go on forever. You could click for thousands of pages and still get stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's not just Google. It's Bing. It's Ecosia. It's DuckDuckGo. It's every search engine you try. What about Brave? I think was one. I haven't tried Brave. Okay. I need to try that. But I know that that happens with their images. I haven't tried that with their uh, web pages yet. Try with the web pages and see. Uh, Jimmy Corsetti of Bright Insight had that on there, and so it was. I remember when like, I was in college. I would bet that that happens with their web pages too, because like, there's no reason that images should just stop. Like, if you're looking for something that there is like a shit ton of images of, yeah. which is yeah, most things really, uh, there there shouldn't be a reason that they stop. But there sure is a stopping point, and there's no little like exactly. load more. So. Exactly. And I remember when I was in college back in probably 2012, 2013, 14, they were talking about SOPA and regulating the Internet and Mm -hmm. blocking copyright and all this other stuff. And people protested. Well, you know, they just went to the corporations and said, hey, you change your algorithm, make sure that those page numbers stop, put the uh, top news stories up and you take everything else and make it unavailable unless they have the exact name or link. And that's what they did. They they just didn't even have to pass the law. They just went to sleep with uh they 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 got in bed with Google and all these other mm-hmm. things and and well, so and to be I'm fair, saying. they they're were in bed with Google to begin with. That, that's true. That's true. But yeah, they're uh, going to find a way, man. <laughs> uh, Olivia, I should have asked this when when we first took your call, so I'm going to ask it now. Can you do me a favor and grab like sure. grab like a sharpie or something? And just draw like a little beard on your chin. You don't even have to show us. Like I don't even know what you look like, so that's fine. But I just it, this is beard to- or like. Did you just assume her beardlessness? If, I, I did actually. I didn't even ask. Do you have a beard at all? And if not, then will you go ahead and like fake like you have a beard somehow? If you have long I, hair, maybe have- wrap it around to your chin and make it look like you have a beard for a minute or something. Grab some dog hair and just kind of try and glue it on or something. I have long brown hair, so I'll just uh, hold it to my chin. Now I've got a now I've got a wizard beard. There we go. Beard talk live achieved. All right. <laughs> I feel much better. Thank you for playing along. <laughs> for sure. Anything I'll else on your play. mind? Uh, you know, as soon as I hang up, I'll think of thirty things. But well, I, I guess I'm good. <laughs> so, so to address uh, the the point you made up, I mean. One of the things that we are in, that we're fighting for right now is: Look, do you want this internet or not? 
Because, like, they, they saw what happened when they just released the internet on us. And it made us way too powerful. Release the Krakens! Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, sure, it, it did everything they wanted to do, but it also did all these other things that they were not expecting to happen. And that made us way too powerful. And ever since then, they've been trying to... To feed us a fake internet. Yeah, to rein it in and control right. it and thus control us. Right. So, like, okay, well, can I confine you to Facebook and YouTube? Right. Because if I can just confine you to Facebook and YouTube instead of this scary actual internet, well, then we can control what you see and what you hear forever like we were doing before the internet existed. Right. Actually, I wanted to mention that there was a follow-up video by Jimmy Corsetti of Bright Insight, and he went through the pages, and the further down he went, it would show, like, top of every page was Wikipedia, then it was the same NBC, CNN articles. So it was repeating the same same page. Even before you said uh, repeat with, or uh, uh, omitted. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, even before you click that, the first 20 pages, it's just the same. They'll shuffle them around, but it's the same articles. So like, if you want to read some kind of blog, somebody's personal blog, I had tried to start a blog a few years ago, and it never took off. And I was like, that's bad, because a few years before that, I had a really crappy blog that did, you know, got hundreds of views for really no good reason. And this one, I, you know, poured my whole self into this. I did a, you know, I thought a really good job, and nobody could find it. And, right. and I think that's why it just sucks, man. Yeah, no, it's getting crazy out there. Like, I, I was watching a YouTube video. And while I'm watching it, it, like, goes to a different video. Yep. Just goes oh, wow. to a different video. I've had that happen. And then, I, and then I search for that video that I was watching and cannot find it. Or you hit the back button and it's not It's, it's some not other there. Page. Yeah. I go in the history. It's not there. Yeah. It's like, um, I saw that. I watched it. Like, they're not even pretending that they're going to let you watch whatever you want to watch. Believe it. Oh man! But that's but crazy. but that's the thing. So like, uh, at the same time, like uh, as you pointed out with the SOPA, and like the same thing happened with PIPA. Like people came out in droves, and they're like, "No, you are not allowed to take away our in our internet." Yeah. And they're like, "Okay, fine, we won't do it directly and obviously then." But that's mm-hmm. the thing. So like, that's something that we actually get to fight for. Like, okay, do you do you like this whole internet thing? Well. Uh, IPFS is a way of having the internet anyway. Yep. Um, one of the reasons that I, I'm so appreciative of, uh, Jeremy Kaufman is that the, the library protocol does actually allow us to get the internet back. I've never met the guy, but uh, you know, all of his content, uh, even his political commercials, uh, all of that stuff, uh, the the more I see from him, I'm just like, that guy kicks ass. Yeah. 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 And I mean... Like the the library protocol lets you uh, put up what is basically a web page as well as, you know, videos and audio, obviously. Yeah. So, I mean, and it's a completely uncensorable format. And now now the advent of uh, what's called unstoppable domains. I still haven't fully looked into this, but I did get one because it's a one-time fee and then it's yours permanently. And it is blockchain-based URLs. Where you can put up a web page that exists that can be navigated to from the regular web mm-hmm. to some sort of a page on you know a blockchain based uh, you know thing, uh, and also it acts as 
I don't know a good way to describe this. It is a multi-cryptocurrency catch-all. Mm. So if you have a wallet, you know, like I have, uh, I'm using Ed, one of the wallets I use is Edge Wallet. Mm-hmm. It's got a number of currencies that I can activate or deactivate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, it's of my choosing. Well, let's say I only have two activated. Uh, and I've somehow told my unstoppable domain, uh, which is Captain Kickass, not crypto, um, that I have an Edge Wallet. And somebody sends me some weird ass crypto that I've never even heard of, right? weirdo coin or something right Mm -hmm. and they send that to me well the unstoppable domain will actually collect that for me and Mm. then i can either activate it in my edge wallet if edge has it or i can find a wallet that will accept weirdo coin and then be like hey oh put it over here huh yeah it'll do that for you which is pretty fucking great in my opinion so it literally acts as a universal crypto wallet without having to get, like I also have a FIO address in my Edge wallet, so if anybody wants to send me cryptocurrency to uh, cap or to kickass at Edge or Captain Kickass at Edge, they can. You don't have to scan a QR code. You don't have to type in that big, long EFG123HIBC uppercase, lowercase cryptocurrency address. You don't have to type that in. You can just put in kickass at Edge. And the cryptocurrency you send me will find me as long as it's supported by Edge. Mm. That's the caveat. Whereas the unstoppable domain, we'll just take it. Doesn't matter. We'll just nice. be like, yep. Oh, it's a cryptocurrency. Yep. I'll take it. Oh, you know what? I want? It's fine. We'll just keep it over here and in the ether for you till you like you log in. They're like, oh, hey, somebody tried to send you some of weirdo coin. What do you want to do with it? Well, and that's the thing where like we get this opportunity to explore this space. We're like, okay, yeah, I get it. Like, right now, the internet is about as captured as it can be. But that's kind of the good part, is that it (laughs) swings back and forth. And like, okay, it swung, like, when we first got it, it it was on the, like, hard open side. Like, just wide open Wild West side. You know, awesome. And now that pendulum has swung way over here, where there's Twitter, there's Facebook, there's YouTube. Like, these are the exact accepted realities and no reality outside of these is is valid yeah but the virtue of being over here is that a we get to explore what's not that and b we get to keep everything that we figure out while we explore opening the internet back up again i am enthused by the advent of cryptocurrency not necessarily because, oh, finally there's a stateless way to exchange value. I mean, these are all great things. What I what enthuses me is that it proves that there can be anarchist infrastructure. Mm-hmm. That's the amazing thing to me. For the first time in human history, I'm not aware of any other anarchist infrastructure that doesn't ask permission, that exists in, like, the state would kill it if they could, Mm -hmm. but they can't, because it's just not possible for them to do, Uh, not to mention banks and hackers who, you know, thieves, would-be thieves, are attacking it every day and have been since its inception, Mm -hmm. and it still exists, right, despite the fact that a whole bunch of people on planet Earth don't want it to. Right. It's completely voluntary. You don't have to interact with it if you don't want to. And not just a whole bunch of people, but a whole bunch of the most powerful people on Earth. Right. 
And so it literally, like, people are like, anarchy has never been tried. Oh, yeah? Cryptocurrency. Yeah. There you go. It's completely anarchist. It's completely voluntary, right? It's not forced upon anybody, and it is an invention. Uh, the old phrase, you can't stop an idea whose time has come. Well, guess what? That's the idea. Well, and that's that's a big part of the fight that we're already in, though. Like, you're right. They can't destroy it. But they are trying like hell to make sure no one uses it. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. No, and with some limited success, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. Like that that's the fight. Yeah. Is like okay, well, uh you're you're trying to destroy its ability to be used as a currency. You're trying to destroy its ability to be used as a store of value. Uh you're trying to use it uh, trying to make sure that it can't be used to replace you. And you can't make it stop existing and you can't make it be without value. But it's one of those things where like and this is one of those things that, uh, so like I, I, I listen to a, a bunch of different uh, people on crypto uh, that that I disagree with intentionally just to get a, a wider view on sure. things. And and one of those is this, I mean, like he's a decent guy, but he's, you know, clearly sort of blue pilled and, and like uh, yeah, sort of a normie, right? And And one of the things that he points out is that, well you really expect people to spend this stuff that they worked so hard to hold on to for 20 years? Mm. I don't know. And it dawned on me that's that is a huge part of the mindfuck that they're running us through right now is they're making it really hard for us to hold on to that for any period of time so that we have to work really hard to hold on to it for any period of time so that once we've held on to it and it's valuable, then we're hesitant to spend it. And as long as we're hesitant to spend it, it's real hard to turn it into a money. Well, you're correct on, on all of those things. Yes, that is what they are trying to do, but they're not really succeeding. You don't think? I mean, they've had they've had limited success in preventing individuals or groups of people from participating by scaring them into thinking, oh, it's only used by criminals and mm. you know that kind of a thing. But it's still growing. There is, and in fact, despite the fact that like Bitcoin itself is you know down still around twenty one whatever it is today twenty one thousand, um, there is more development around cryptocurrency than at any other time in history. Mm. Even though the price is down, what does that mean? It means that it still has value to a whole bunch of people who see it as the future, and they should because it is. It's still early times. But the fact that the innovation around cryptocurrency has done nothing but increase and speed up in spite of the fact that its price has dropped significantly in the last, I don't know how long it's been since it hit 68 or whatever, a year or something, um, you know, that is what tells you whether or not it continues to have value, in my opinion, mm. right? Not not necessarily the amount of dollars that it's worth, but the fact that people are still racing. It's a race to develop the most best and next thing surrounding cryptocurrency and the mm. blockchain. It is a race that is on. There are there are people who aren't even getting paid who are developing stuff, you know? So, like, it is literally a race to see who can do the next big thing with this technology. Well, and there's all this development, sure, but the one direction that we're not allowed to develop it in is its intended purpose, currency. 
Like actually spending it for goods and services is the one direction where practically no development happens. Like they'll turn it into a gaming system and they'll turn it into a, a file sharing system. They'll turn it into a fucking computer, which is a terrible idea, but they did it anyway. I feel like that Simpsons meme hasn't happened yet. Mm. And there is. There, there's companies who are developing it as a payment system. There's companies who are developing interfaces or who have developed interfaces that are working on improving their interfaces, that kind of thing. Mm. Still early times, bro. Still early times. Well, well the, mm-hmm. that, is a concern. That, that is a concern, though, just thinking about it. Like, if you use this currency, if you use crypto for like large corporations though you know they're just going to take that and throw it in the trash to make sure no one else gets it that that is a problem especially with the the government the irs offered a bounty to crack bitcoin and monero a few years ago and they packed <laughs> they're it still now. offering now it yeah they and then they banned they're trying to ban tornado or whatever that is yeah. i mean i'm not real fluent on this but man they're attacking it at all angles and you know people start spending this at amazon or or eBay or who who knows any large corporation you know they're just going to vaporize that bitcoin it's not going to circulate what what i find amazing is that you know bitcoin doesn't care it's like the honey badger i've already bought plenty of stuff uh, with my cryptocurrency on amazon i've already bought plenty of stuff with my cryptocurrency at places that don't even know what cryptocurrency is because it is such uh it is such a, a neat invention that it can masquerade as other forms of payment, mm. right? It, it can use the existing payment systems to conduct the transaction, something that the existing payment systems can never mm. and will never be able to do. My cryptocurrency can masquerade as a debit card. My cryptocurrency can masquerade as a gift certificate. My cryptocurrency can masquerade as gold. My cryptocurrency can masquerade as gold backs, the first spendable gold, mm. you know, uh, all of these things I have personally done. Mm. I have spent my cryptocurrency using the methods that I have just said in in all sorts of different ways because it can, because it is better, because it is a superior invention to statist-based currency. And it's more than just currency. It's programmable money. This is a thing states will never be able to do. They'll never. They'll be like, "Oh, here's our central bank digital currency," but guess what? You can't program it. Only they can. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas regular cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, you know, Ethereum to some extent. There's been a lot of hubbub around Ethereum currently, and there's a bunch of other currencies that are, you know, Monero just did a fork, and you know, all this kind of thing. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on in the space, and that's great. It needs to continue to go on. Because the more that that is developed, the more it will be adopted. It's just how it's going to happen. It's already happening uh, just based on the things that I've described. It's already happening. Mm. There's not another currency that can do all of the things that I just said. Yeah, so uh, so uh, since Tornado came into the conversation, uh, something that I've really that, 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 it, it's filled my mind bladder. <laughs> Uh, that I really want to talk about and point out is like the language that they've been using to describe this. Mm-hmm. So it's always described as a sanction. Yes. And sanction is one of those really tricky words. It's uh, technically called an auto antonym. So if I don't sanction your behavior, I'll have to sanction your behavior. But if I do sanction your behavior, then I won't have to sanction your behavior. 
because it literally means to give you permission or to punish you. Now, they all of the all of the articles that talk about this, they all use the term sanctioned. sanctioned right? Yeah, tornado has been sanctioned. Right. Yeah, what does that mean? Right, and that's that's the real tricky part of this is that they are getting us to expect subconsciously that cryptocurrency is not allowed. Because every time we hear about cryptocurrency being sanctioned, it's the sanction that means bad, not the sanction that means yeah. good. Oh, yeah? Well, I sanction Tornado, and I say use it. Right. Exactly. And I mean, I, I don't know how many people that is meaningful to, but it, it definitely stuck in my craw. Yeah, and they are trying to pervert the language. They're trying to make, like, the CBDC, right? Central Bank Digital Currency. They're making up their own acronym, and they're trying to change the word cryptocurrency into digital currency. They're trying to confuse mm-hmm. you. They're trying to make you believe that cryptocurrency is just a digital currency, and so is the U.S. dollar, which right. is true. The U.S. dollar is a digital currency far more than it's a, a physical currency, even though some versions of the physical portion of it exist. And that's true for any state-based currency, but that's not cryptocurrency. Mm. You're missing the crypto part. The really Mm. important part is the crypto part, not the digital part, the crypto part. Yeah, they're they're playing on a natural human weakness of new technology is difficult to comprehend. Hey, Olivia, I'm going to let you go. Thanks for the call. We're going to try and pick up this other call. Unscreened caller, you're on Beard Talk Live. Oh, hey. Hey, Uh, what's your name? From Colorado. Who? Mac. Hey, Mac. Are you listening to yeah. us? Uh, where are you listening to us? Video.freetalklive? Odyssey. Yep. Odyssey. Awesome. Nice. Well, what's on your mind? You're you're with three beardos. <laughs> uh, give me one second. I gotta take my headphones off. What? One. What? Time's up. You are ill prepared to to be <laughs> on on the inaugural episode of Beard Talk Live. Now you're gonna tell me you don't right. even have a beard. Second leg. I love it. I, yeah. Do I gotta ask? Do you? Anyway. Do you have a beard? Uh, I've got, what do I got going yeah, Like on a here? whisker, at least, on your stubble. chin? Got a bunch of stubbles going on. Stubble? You're you're an aspiring beardo? Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't shaved in two weeks. <laughs> two weeks? Huh? That's me after, like, yeah. a day. I get a 5 o'clock <laughs> shadow at about noon. Oh, man. <laughs> so what's on your mind? What's on your mind, Mac? Um... No, there's still a bunch of things on my mind. Um, we'll pick one. Talk with, about it. Uh, Cardano. Cardano, the cryptocurrency. Um, it's better yeah, than Solana. Uh, Solana, okay. Um, I'm, basically, what are you guys' thoughts on that, and what have you heard of it? And um, um, do you think it's better than Ethereum? I don't know. No. I did. I did get a hold of some because well, people were saying it's an Ethereum killer or whatever. Uh, and so yeah. you know, got a hold of some. I'm hodling. I I hope that it proves to be better than Ethereum because Ethereum's fucking awful. Like as far as I can yeah. tell, like sure is. as far as I can tell, best case scenario, Ethereum is a government plot. I I don't know. Hmm. I I don't think it's even that sinister. I think it's like I think it's somebody screwing up. Right, it, you know, human beings are making this stuff, so it's going to be fallible, right? Uh, a lot of these cryptocurrencies that have been invented are just going to disappear and go away and never be heard from again, much like uh, we saw in the in the late '90s, early 2000s with uh, some of the old search engines, right? Dice, where's that? It's gone. Mm-hmm. Ask Jeeves, gone. 
right? You know, dog pile gone, right? Nobody knows of these things anymore. Dog pile's still there. Is it? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, you get the idea. Uh, so, Lycos. Hmm. I, I no would, one uses Lycos. I, I actually have a question for you, Mac. Have the uh, Ethereum transaction fees come down? Do you know? I haven't checked. In Me a long neither. Time. Last I uh, heard, last they did was... come down, but. Um... So uh, uh, about Cardano, real quick. Uh, that one's a, a proof of stake uh, coin, isn't it? Mm, stake. I think so, or at least they're trying yeah, to. Yeah, proof work of stake it. is terrible, just awful. So the the isn't that most cryptocurrencies? No, oh. no, most cryptocurrencies are proof of work. Are proof of work? Yeah. Mm. Like, well, I mean, weirdly enough, at this point, most cryptocurrencies are uh, Ethereum tokens. But since Ethereum is still a proof of work, that means that they operate off of proof of work. But yeah, so uh, the thing about a proof of stake is that, number one, you don't actually get security with it. Uh, number two, if it ever goes down, then it becomes like completely arbitrary. And most importantly, number three, it uh, naturally centralizes ownership. Mm. So, uh, I mean, Ethereum's trying real hard to move into proof of stake uh, so that they don't right. get called, you know, world-killing polluters. Uh, but the thing uh, about a proof of stake is that, sure, it doesn't cost as much energy, but it centralizes power, which, like, the whole problem with our currency system as it was... Is centralization. Is, yeah. Right, is that it always favored the people who already had more money. So with a proof-of-stake system, you have programmed code specifically to do exactly that, to only reward the people who already own some and to reward the people who own the most more than anybody else. There are two. This is just from a quick search I did. There are two major uh, consensus mechanisms used by most cryptocurrencies today. Proof-of-work is the older of the two used by Bitcoin, Ethereum 1.0, and many others. The newer consensus mechanism is called proof-of-stake. And it powers Ethereum 2.0, Cardano, Tezos, and other generally newer cryptocurrencies. That's what I, the point I was trying to make is that I believe that the newer cryptocurrencies are coming out as uh, proof of stake instead of proof of work. And I don't know how I feel about that, to be quite honest. Um, you know, I, I feel like if it wasn't broke, don't fix it. So what was broke about it that we need to change oh, from proof uh, of work to proof of so, stake? So it, uh, there's a handful of just cliched at this point attacks on cryptocurrency and bitcoin especially yep. and one of those is that it's bad for the environment now the slightest amount of actually paying attention and not being like a religious zealot basically yeah. for uh for the left for the democratic party for all of that stuff will reveal quite easily that okay if you actually compare it to anything it is really, really, really good for the environment. So, like, number one, uh, if this succeeds, we will eliminate the largest polluter on Earth, the American military fueled yeah. by fiat currency. Yeah. Hmm. So, there's that. Yeah. Um, also, compared to the amount of, uh, of energy that we spend mining... It costs less yeah. compared to the amount of energy that we spend banking. It's it's not even. Uh, yeah, it's, it's minuscule. Yeah. 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 Oh, and here's the best and does part. Does that of, even count the energy spent on the banker wars? 
right? Right. Yeah, no, that's just the standard amount. Like, just what it takes to keep their office buildings and their computers and all of that running. And here's the thing. You can you can run as many transactions as you want, and it doesn't change how much the cost is. Whereas with the traditional banking system, if you double the amount of transactions, you double the amount of energy that it takes to run them. One of the, in fact, the only... Uh, light, if you will, the only grain of positivity that I can take out of the the global crackdown, the simultaneous 200 governments around the globe all cracking down on their citizens for COVID. The only light that I've seen, the only positive I've seen come out of that is that more and more businesses have decentralized, mm. right? They've given up having a physical office to go to if they can, right? So obviously pizza joint can't do that. They can, however, decentralize the people answering the phones, taking the orders, you know, that type of thing. So a lot of that is occurring. Um, More and more businesses that, you know, sort of were forced to decentralize because of the government crackdowns Mm -hmm. uh, haven't returned to their terrestrial offices. Right. And in fact, they're like, oh, we can do this? The tech exists? And so I find that a positive to take out of the whole thing because I think the more businesses that realize you can operate your business in a decentralized way, it opens up a lot of positives for you. Mm -hmm. Suddenly your talent pool is global instead of local to your zip code, Mm -hmm. right? And more efficient. Mm -hmm. Far more efficient. Uh, a lot of things happen, like if people are working from home, right, it's it's cheaper for you to employ them, right? You don't have to provide them uh, a seat. Uh, you don't have to. A lot of businesses, particularly tech businesses, uh, would do like, you know, the miniature Microsoft thing, right? Microsoft used to have like just a whole wall of refrigerators filled with all the pops and juices and beverages that you could think of. And you were just free to go in there and grab one and have one at any time. And a lot of tech companies would mimic that as like a benefit, right? Free coffee, free water, you know, all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff, all sorts of little perks and benefits that they would have to pay services to provide to their employees. They no longer have to do that because their employees are working from home. Right? They don't have to pay their, for their employees, internet connection, because usually they got one already for their house. Office space. They don't have to pay the square footage. No square footage, no heating, no air conditioning, right? All of the utilities that are that go along with that, no lease, no insurance. uh, The computer. Parking passes. You can, you, it is socially acceptable to expect people to provide their own computer if they're working remotely for, for whatever company it is. It can be. It can be. They will have requirements for you to have a certain type of computer of a certain model or a certain version of the software that they need, the operating system, that type of a thing. A lot of companies, though, aren't bashful about sending you a laptop because guess what? They're cheaper than they ever have been, <laughs> right. right? They can load them with all the software that they need for you to do the job, but also, like, they're not paying a bazillion dollars for their office space for the chair for you to sit in for the desk for the it guy for the hr person for you know all of this savings that they're having so i feel like the more businesses become decentralized perhaps the more businesses will start to realize that we should be using the decentralized currency as well Mm. or at least somewhat using it maybe it could even start as like a benefit right hey you know what we'll pay you your salary we'll pay for your your health insurance benefits oh and at the end of the year 
we'll give you some Bitcoin, something like that. That would, I think, be a great benefit well, for businesses to start offering. I could definitely see that happening. And uh, in particular, here's my thoughts on that. So, like, as you pointed out, you can broaden your uh, your talent pool, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the natural, the, the natural thing that happens when you do that, though, is that, okay, well, your Russians kind of want rubles and your Americans want dollars and your, you know, however... Let them have Bitcoin. Exactly. Well, and and that's the brilliant beauty of the thing is that even if you don't actually want Bitcoin, it's really easy to trade into your local currency. Yeah. So if you just make a make it a policy of like, uh, okay, here's Bitcoin. If you want rubles, find someone to give you rubles for Bitcoin. Mac, do you work from home? Do you work remotely? Nah, but I wish. Do you uh, remotely I'm work? Kind of looking into it. <laughs> nah, I work at. You don't have to I tell us. At, it's fine. Uh, fucking shitty warehouse called FedEx. Mm. I like it. Fucking shitty warehouse. I've never been to fucking shitty warehouse. <laughs> you Mongolian, you stay away my shitty wall. I've been to a lot of shitty warehouses. Uh, it's refreshing to not have to like dump a guy when he says fucking shitty. It is. Like he said that, and I it like is. I had this like my arm twitched a little bit. Like I should I should be hitting that fucking dump button. Thanks for cussing, man. Fuck the dump button. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> and fuck the FCC. <laughs> fucking a man. The fucking criminal consortium, mm-hmm. the FCC. Mac, what else is on your mind? Um, uh, shitty user interfaces. Oh. <laughs> the SUIs, the SUIs, shitty user interfaces. <laughs> they are rampant in the world. Uh, uh, yeah, like Spotify, and I mean, I don't. I know you guys use these guys, and I know you're on Odyssey, but you really find it not great to navigate. Yeah, SUIs are. Uh, a problem in the world and until until developers figure out that they need to have a a power user on their qa team uh, to identify the bugs and uh, identify the performance of their user uh their development team their Mm. dev team dev development yeah it's short for development qa QA, quality assurance. Oh, okay. So developers write the code and develop the user interface. And then they send it to a department called QA. Most QA departments are automated now where, like, somebody will set up a series of tests to put the user interface through to make sure that, oh, if I click here, it does this. If I click there, it does that. If I go back, it does this. If I go forward, it does that. Or if I click these two things and then this, that's this happens, right? So it's a calculated uh, thing where they get a computer to sort of imitate a person and what a person's clicks might be. And then if it, if it goes, yep, did that well enough, they release the software. What the smarter companies do, the ones with GUIs, GUIs, graphic user, interface, user interfaces that, that are that are neat and intuitive. What they do is they employ what's called a, a user perspective test or tester or team of testers in their QA team. That is to say their QA team has some people that run the automated QA tests, but then after that passes, they then go, here, human being, please act as if you are a user and play with this thing and see if you can break it. And if it breaks, we'll write a bug. And then we'll send it back to the developers to fix that bug. And then once we get all that stuff done, then we release the software. That's a, you know, it takes a bit of money to do that. So, you know, a lot of software companies, startup companies, right? They're bootstrapping, you know, they're just development. They don't have a whole QA team. Oftentimes development is doing QA. So there's a lot of, a lot of things to overcome there. But having somebody 
do user perspective QA, I think, is of tantamount importance to software companies, whether you're an old right. So they have this company. whole so they have this whole quality assurance uh, like section. Yes, and they don't bother to have someone actually use it as a user. They they write programs to imitate a user, and and hope that's good enough. That's fucking retarded. Yeah. Hmm. I, I agree. There are good and bad points to it. Like, I mean, like there some are things, good things about automated testing. Some great things. For example, you can run it in a few seconds every time you change the software, and if you broke something else, uh, you'll see it. But you also have to have humans running the software. So this right. is the same kind of stupid that irks me in the in academia, where they will develop these uh, in. Tense theories with all of these immense quantities of equations. Well, did you ever try actually testing any of these ideas out in the real world? Well, no. Why on earth would we do that? Well, in theory, there's no difference between theory and practice, but in practice, there generally is. Right. <laughs> right. So, uh, uh, to paraphrase Tesla, they wander endlessly from equation to equation. And they never actually set foot in the real world. So, like, they, yeah. their entire – so, A, their view of reality is completely disconnected from actual experience. And what's worse is that they tell you that this is what reality is actually made of. Right. And then if someone comes along and they have a different view of reality, well, obviously, they're not real. Like, hmm. that's not a peer-reviewed view of reality. Yeah. So that can't be the truth. So software automation uh, is, it does some really great things because, like, to get me to click this button first and then the next button next and the next button next and the next bu button next and then the next time I do it, change one button. Like, that takes a human being a shitload of time to do a thousand times. If there's a thousand different variations in that particular process, it, you're not going to have enough people able to do that repeatedly uh, for every possible scenario. So you run the automation to get the main idea, right? To get work through the chunks, right? But yeah, I'm then, not saying you shouldn't do that. But then, like... Especially since it's basically cheap. Right. But then, you should have a guy. Right. Not the developers, right? But a, yeah, a no, guy. No, they already know what it can do. They're familiar with it. Right. They don't need to... And that's one of the things, like he was talking about Spotify. And, like, I haven't actually tried Spotify, but I've tried a couple of podcatchers. Yeah. And when you first start using them, they're a bitch. They really are because, yeah. like, you're like, well, shit, what do I do? Like, okay, here's this thing. I don't know what these buttons are or what they do or where do I click to start using this to catch podcasts. There, there And there's no well, instructions and there's no, like, helpful, them. helpy thing. I'm sorry, Mac. Go ahead. Wait until you try to, like, download episodes of your favorite podcast. Like, for example, whenever I'm, like, like uh, running behind on you guys, I have to, like, download a certain thing and then on Spotify it like it doesn't order it in a way that makes sense to me yeah. because it'll like sometimes jumble up the playlist and this and that and uh, it's irritating. I'm and still I'm just, and I have to like do like a bunch of things to get keep in mind okay I got to save this first save that first so this plays next while I'm at work and this will play next and, and then and, when I was using Stitcher, um, it was a little bit better, but I kind of had the same issue. Yeah, I'm still a, uh, a what we call a file junkie. 
and that is I, I don't like using the podcatchers because of what you're saying. Uh, so if there's something I want to listen to, I will go find, I know this sounds ancient, but I will go find their website. <laughs> and I will hope that they have some way to download their episodes. If that's not true, then uh, generally most people are rebroadcasting or reposting to something like a YouTube or an Odyssey, for example. And hopefully I can find it there. If not, I'm going to torrent the thing if it's popular enough to exist on the torrent sites. Uh, and even with Free Talk Live, like I'm going directly to like the SoundCloud page or whatever to to go get like the digest episodes when I miss episodes and need to catch up and that kind of a thing. So I I feel your pain, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, problem with using yeah. like uh, YouTube though, I like to listen to things, not necessarily watch them, and I don't like my battery going dead while I do it. Well, sure, but I mean, you there's there's programs that'll scrape that for you. You can. Just grab the audio from uh, it. Yes, uh, new pipe. Yes, new thank pipe. you. Mm, nice. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I, I'm way, a huge uh, fan of RSS story. just partly because it's so damn difficult to censor. What was that, Mac? Oh, and then the other one is a Asteroid, which is the um, not uh, Google Play uh, yeah, that one... application store. That one, like, in order for me to make any use of it, like, I had to get so many databases that I had to, like, manually enter. But once I did, it's actually useful. Yeah. I see. All right, well, okay. hey, hey, Mac, thanks for the call, man. We appreciate you. Thanks for calling Beard Talk Live. <laughs> yeah, uh, to, to uh, speak to your point about uh, the decentralization, though, I I think that that is absolutely the direction that we're headed. Like, I think centralization has reached its maximum usefulness and will will now, one way or another, be replaced in power by decentralized networks. I, and I agree. And we're already seeing... So we've seen the anarchist infrastructure known as cryptocurrency, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it does It does have rules. It does not have rulers. Right. Right, so no one is in charge of it. It's sort of this self, you know. It, it exists, and and that's just a fact. It just exists, right? We've also seen how decentralization of things can affect things like self protection. We're talking three D printing of firearms, right? Mm-hmm. That technology exists. Those files are out on the internet. They're never going away, right? They're replicated in way too many places. Uh, for it ever to be taken down. So ghost guns, they exist. These things are not going away, and in fact, they're only going to be improved upon. Mm. Right Before you know it, you're going to be able to have a 3D printer in your house, download some files, and you're going to be able to build all the parts you need to put together a vehicle. Things of that nature. That's This mm. is you know what's coming, right? So right. Uh, I'm, I'm very disturbed by, like we talked about earlier, the government's global crackdown on its own citizens, right? Mm-hmm. On on people. Yeah. Right? The the powerful against the powerless, so to speak. Eh, they're not really powerless, but they think we are. Right? But uh, those things are are concerning to me because I don't like them and I don't see them getting better anytime soon. In fact, I think they're going to get worse. However, I am enthused by the greater decentralization movement of technology. Mm-hmm.
because once one piece of anarchist infrastructure exists and works, it's only going to be get more pieces of that infrastructure. And I think ghost guns are another part of that as far as freedom-loving people are concerned. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what your local laws are. If you have the right 3D printer and the right amount of you know, dust to put in it, you can print up what you need to arm yourself, and nobody needs to know about it. Not nobody, but maybe nobody needs to know about it. We don't know. Well, I didn't, in case the revolution comes, I need to know where there's some guns because I'm a felon, so I don't have any. Right. right. Well, I think there's also this. So America changed the world uh, when it became the kind of country that it became. And at the time, I don't think anyone would have thought that it would succeed. What kind of country was that? Well, not a monarchy. Oh, okay. All right. Like All right. a... a a constitutional country. In, now, to be fair, like that's—I'm not saying it solved everything, obviously, but like it was a monumentally different kind of country than anywhere else in the world. In a way, the OG United States idea mm-hmm. was decentralized, right? Not completely, but more so than had ever been decentralized before, right? way more decentralized especially the first version where it was a confederation instead of a fed instead of a like federal union right so and 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 okay well what did that do well they they did a proof of concept right and holy shit did it work turns out when you're i mean and people weren't free then this wasn't laissez-faire capitalism as they you know call it lazy fair <laughs> like this wasn't an mm. actual free market can i buy lazy boys at lazy fair <laughs> i mean the chairs not the boys mm. yeah. but it was a little bit of the boot being lifted off of the neck yeah and it worked and it was amazing and it changed the world and everywhere else, in order to compete with that, they're like, well, shit, we got to at least look like these guys or, or we're going to fall behind. And I think the same thing's going to happen. Like, I think that we're going to prove that you can have civilization without rulers. Yes. And in fact, it's preferable. Right. And once that is sufficiently proven that it can no longer be ignored, it's going to catch on like wildfire. I, I hope that that is true. I, I feel like uh, there still needs to be something to come in and, and, and boost it along. And, and I say that because I, I got to firsthand watch, well, the advent of, of the Internet, right? And specifically the search engine wars was where right. I started paying attention to this kind of thing. And I lived through it. I worked at a tech company through the Y2K bug. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Way back in the day. Oh, yeah. You know? Uh, and so, you know, I sort of went through all that and I saw that, I saw how technology progressed. I saw how people made money off of it. I saw how companies got rich. Some companies got super poor. They went, you know, bust or whatever the dot bomb era, right? They call it the dot com era. I got to see all that. And so what's missing right now, like, I feel like we're at the point where, you know, cryptocurrency is like, mm, it's not, it's shaking a little bit, mm-hmm. right? Uh, yeah. Governments have you like a little afraid of it. You know, the value is kind of weird right now. There's still a whole bunch of development though. So I feel like something needs to come along. What came along for the internet when the internet was at this point mm-hmm. porn. in the history? Porn. The right. internet is for porn. Right. Porn. I have difficulty imagining porn, an internet porn, without porn. porn. Porn, like I, I can't even imagine a BBS system without like, porn. Like, like, like porn mm. came along and single-handedly 
proved that e-commerce could be done. Hmm. Right? People were struggling with e-commerce. They didn't know how to how to make a model that would work that they could exchange money over the thing and provide, you know, media and all that kind of stuff, right? Gotcha. So not Re- just porn, but like e-commerce of porn. Right. Regard like like porn was the mm, what's the word I'm I'm looking for? It was like it solved the catalyst. it the catalyst it solved the problem of e-commerce it showed right. the rest of the world how to do e-commerce because the demand is so high <laughs> hmm. for porn right hmm. porn is one of these industries that doesn't care right it's the honey badger of of industries hmm. right it's like well oh we can make a go of this sure why not you know i it would be a, a boon to cryptocurrency if an industry like porn began adopting it hot and heavy. Well, we saw a little bit of this. We might literally see that. We saw a little bit of this when, uh, like, MasterCard and Visa start shutting down certain sites or limiting their access. And so, well, uh, you know, we have this alternative here. We'll we'll just do it in cryptocurrency. Oh, yeah. We already see gambling websites using cryptocurrencies, right? So... It's just a matter of time till well, something comes along and gives it that boon. Whether it's porn or not, I don't know. Well, and they keep ramping out. So uh, uh, Pornhub in particular, which is the number one site, like they keep getting targeted by the credit card companies yeah. and and the payment processors and right. the PayPal's and the Venmo's and like one after another. And they're like, no, you're bad. We wouldn't won't surprise me, process your money. Wouldn't surprise me if Pornhub either... Uh, hires a bunch of developers or has already done so and are developing their own payments, their own cryptocurrency payment system. Mm. Wouldn't surprise me. Or they partner up with somebody who's already doing that, who is like not U.S. based, right, mm. you know, to, to do that stuff because they can, because they don't have to worry about the, the empire, mm-hmm. right, coming after them for developing this technology. And in fact, something like Pornhub might allow them to do it anonymously, which is preferable, I think, mm. based on what we've seen, particularly uh, with, like, Odyssey and the feds coming after uh, Odyssey and Jeremy Kaufman. Do, like, Jeremy Kaufman, I saw a podcast with him, and he's like, you know, really my only regret is, like, sort of not doing this, uh, you know, anonymously. Mm. <laughs> you know, because yeah. uh, they got something to target. Right. You know, if if some, you know, uh, Odyssey Nakamoto, right, some, you know, unnamed person uh, invented a library, for example, uh, and then Odyssey on top of it, why there'd be nothing to target. So Mm. I actually think we're probably going to see more anonymous technology develop. People will be getting paid for it, but it's just never going to have a name on it. Particularly well, and, if it helps decentralize. Well, and that's the thing. Like his his whole strategy was to be as open and honest as possible, and to tell the government everything he was doing. Yeah, turns out that's a terrible strategy. Yeah, it is. And uh, I do want to say thanks to nobody and you, Peakless Mountaineer. We're at hour number three, and uh, I am thinking you know it's probably time yeah for the inaugural episode uh i would however like to take us out with a random song that i have never heard before or played uh and this is just sort of uh it's a song called the beard song i just went and searched for songs with beard and uh this is what came up so i'm gonna take us out 
with this little ditty. Thanks to all listeners. Have a good night, guys. Peace. Oh, is this both kinds of music? Country and Western? Well, I've been called Al-Qaeda, Osama bin Laden. But what about Jesus? In case you've forgotten, this country we love was built on the good book. So don't go blaming J.C. if your preacher's crook. All my brothers with beards, raise up your beards. Let that thing grow out from ear to ear. If you can't see my dimples, I'm so sorry, dear. This ain't no shave, no vimbers, no shaving this year. Maxed out IRAs and 401ks. With the money I saved on my three raised blades. Gonna get me a Harley, beard blowing in the wind. Quite legendary, like old Abe Lincoln. We got a name for folks without beards. They call them women around here. All my brothers with beards, raise up your beards. Let that thing grow out from ear to ear. They say you're so cute, clean shaven. I'm so sorry, dear. This ain't no shave, no members, no shaving this year. I ain't no Bocephus. A David Allen Cole I ain't no great singer I was the first one to know But when I'm on stage Singing my song All the girls rush the front row Cause my beard is so long All my brothers with beards Raise up your beards Let that thing grow out From ear to ear If you can't see my dimples I'm so sorry dear This ain't no shave, no members, no shaving this year. All my brothers with beards, raise up your beards. Let that thing grow out from ear to ear. They say you're so cute, clean shaven. I'm so sorry, dear. This ain't no shave, no members, no shaving.